this is Dan. You know who I am. Dan with the Spiritual Underground Podcast. I say that every time, and uh, I suppose I should introduce it because somebody could step into it for the very first time ever and uh, not know what the hell they're listening to. So on this, I want to make sure uh, Jason and I met Jason on uh, Clubhouse and hit it right off. I just totally love his his vibe. I love the energies he has and brings to recovery. It just attracts me. Uh, dudes that are doing recovery the way Jason does. Uh, well, that's the kind of recovery I want to. And why I'm doing this little intro here is because the first day that he and I sat down to talk, we... Um, we're having a great deal of technical difficulties. For some reason, my Zoom was dumping out, and my uh, I think we lost it three times. So after getting reset, trying to pick up the conversation again, uh, you may notice a little bit of stuttering in this, but I've, uh, t- I've, I've patched it together the best I can. It's certainly still worth, very much worth listening to, uh, as this uh, alcoholic black and white dude where, you know, it's either good or it's garbage. Uh, I had to sometimes remember that, no, you can meet in the middle and, uh, you don't have to throw the whole thing in the trash cause it didn't go the way that I wanted it to. So just wanted to say that you may notice a little bit of it and, uh, we will get on to Jason's story. Hey everyone, this is Dan with Spiritual Underground Podcast, coming to you from the indoors again. Uh, Got a little string of uh, uh, non-local or remote podcasts going on and using Zoom. And as I talked to y'all before, um, you know, I joined this thing called Clubhouse and I've met a bunch of fantastic people in there and uh, throwed out the call to see if anybody would want to be guests. And and a few have stepped up and my guest today has. Uh, I want to talk about 12-Step Spiritual Recovery real quick. That is a uh, book by James Christopher Cohn. It can be found on Amazon. It is the 12 steps for anyone and everyone. You do not have to be uh, suffering from substance abuse issues to have value by doing the steps. And uh, this takes you through the steps uh, almost as the book serves as a sponsor and will walk you through it all. It is still advised that you have a mentor or sponsor with it, but it's all laid out for you. Uh, a lot of what we do in the 12 steps, uh, I call tribal knowledge, which is passed on from one guy to another or one gal to another. And I said, there's value in that too. But uh, uh, Christopher has uh, documented the tribal knowledge that he has collected in his 37 years of sobriety. So that's 12 stepspiritualrecovery.com. You can get that book at Amazon. Um, the music wrapped around this is by my dear friend, Darren Frank. Um, He's been in a recovery home, a physical recovery home after some uh, physical issues for two years now and kind of got trapped in the COVID thing. And it looks like he's coming home soon. So y'all send some prayers for Darren as he uh, tries to uh, continue his voyage homeward, which I kind of think we all do at some level. Um, My guest today is Jason. I met him on the podcast, man, you just pick, I mean, on the clubhouse, you just pick up this energy off of people, you know, and, and it doesn't take me very long to hear somebody share for a minute. And I hear that attraction. Uh, and um, Jason was one of the guys that bam, right off the bat, man, I heard that attraction. I think we're, I, I think you were frozen for a minute. I don't know what happened. I saw you holding real still and I started to speaking about that. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> and I All said, right. uh, I think Jason's not here because he's being way too still. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, no. I, okay, yeah, we're back I wonder, now. I wonder but, what I, I wonder what I, I wonder what I lost and what I kept. Um, I mean, I heard you. I can put an intro on the front of it. I'll just okay. start where I was, and if I had to patch it together, I'll do okay. it. Yeah, because uh, I mean, it I'm, says, I, it says I'm it's right still ne- recording. Yeah, I'm right next to my router, so I don't know. Me too. That's why I set up right here. I'm like six <laughs> feet away from my router. But, uh, in the past week, I've noticed some uh, in our Zoom meetings and stuff. We stumbled around. I, I dumped out my whole meeting the other night. I mean, it, it closed out, and everybody had to rejoin. Okay. Shut down. And uh, anyway, Weird. let's get back to it. Okay. Uh, so I'll start from here. I met Jason on Clubhouse. He has that energy that just attracts me, man. And I just, uh, uh, right off the bat, was just tickled when he uh, answered the call to come on the show. So uh, some people, you know, I'm, I'm still got my fingers crossed about some ones that haven't volunteered. And I don't chase people for this. That's not the energy I want here. I want uh, willing participants. <laughs> uh, a lot of people will say, yeah, and then they kind of poof on me. There have been a few of them in Clubhouse that have said yes. And then when I'm like trying to schedule it, they're ghosting me. And I'll yeah. take that hint, you know, and that's okay. You know, I don't, I, I would never want to like, uh, uh, I don't want somebody to feel any pressure to be here. That's the last thing I'm trying. That's the last message I'm trying to carry. Yeah. Uh, how's it going today, man? Good, man. Good. I'm really, uh, really happy to do this. And, and it was really, you, you were one of like, like, like you clubhouse has been uh, a really, really cool thing. Uh, I always talk about it as being like a cool uh, and an added weapon in my sobriety arsenal. Yeah. You know? Right. Um, yeah. So, um, so yeah, no, definitely. I mean, once we, we got, I got on those meetings and I started, uh, connecting with certain people you were one of the people that stood out because I you know as as you know like a lot of people on clubhouse in the sobriety clubhouse um it's all pathways <clears throat> so you know you get a lot of people that are are, are curious so they're just there it's kind of like going to an open meeting you know the yeah, big right, open right. meetings where anybody can show up you'll get somebody that might be a therapist that just wants to listen or you know you get a, a cousin that's there to hear their brother get a cake but might hear a message that they might you know need to hear so yep. Um, so you get a lot of that and it's open to the entire world and it's, there's no filter. So there's no gatekeepers that are going to say, you can't come in here. So I yeah. think it's, it's interesting how, when I first got on there, um, on, in the sobriety clubhouse, I was like, Oh, okay, this is interesting, but I haven't heard much, much pre- program, much 12 steps. Yeah, me too. And then all of a sudden I'd hear you and then I'd hear Rob and then I'd hear, uh, Liz and then here a few other people I'm like oh there are some 12 steppers in here and yeah. and you could tell that we would all try to start like start to gravitate and, and it's almost you felt like I almost envisioned it like if we were inside of a room and we were a, a, a balloon that just was growing and growing and all these other people were getting like our sobriety 12-step measures was getting bigger and bigger and all these other people were getting squeezed into the corners yeah and yeah. at one point they had to morph into our balloon <laughs> and, I, and I noticed it like a couple of the people um there was a couple of girls actually that were uh, were talking and they were saying, you know, uh, I, 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 you know, I went to a couple of AA meetings, but it wasn't for me. But now mm-hmm. after hearing some of this stuff, I think I want to go through the 12 steps. And I'm like, yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, I, I felt like there was a bit of tippy toeing around 12 step talk in there. And I there still was. feel it a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's lightening up. Um, I'm hearing more people share freely. But what I do hear, you know, they might tippy toe around it, but they'll say I'm sober because of 12 steps or I went to a 12 step, you know, right. but the, you know, and that's really to some extent the way the 12 step measure message ought to be carried. It should be carried like a, uh, a flute, not like a drum. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, you know, it, it, it's a, exactly. It's attraction <clears throat> rather than promotion. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and, and I think that's exactly what's happening is people are hearing, you know, they're hearing you share, they're hearing my, me share, myself share, they're hearing other people share that have a bit of time that seem to be, happy, joyous, and free. Yep. And they're like, Hey, wait a minute. I, I kind of like, what, I like, yep. I'm picking up what you're putting down. 
Yeah. And, like you know, the, people like go in and have, I think there's some different uh, dynamics that happen when you go in a 12-step meeting. You can just land in some pretty dry, cruddy 12-step meetings. You can. And yeah. if you do that and you say, and that's your only experience, you may never come back, you know. Right. And exactly. that's, you know, you we sweep them all into the same bucket and say they're all like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the way this, uh, you know, I still will call it a disease works on me and, uh, uh, this affliction, this, uh, I think it works on me like a computer virus or a parasite. It's hijacked my operating system and it'll talk me into doing anything to say, don't go back there. <laughs> you know, you know, 30 people could say really good stuff and one person makes me mad and I'm not going back, you know? Exactly. <laughs> uh, and that's, and, and that's fear. You know, I really, I really believe that yeah. like, that comes from a place of fear. But when you think of the clubhouse app, um, on the other side of it, if you're open to hearing messages, there's so much you can learn, yeah. you know? And what I love is that it's like, you know, when, you know, when you're going to your home group every week, same people, and then you'll have your anniversary and they'll fly in a really good speaker. Or someone from out of town will come and speak and everybody's buzzing about this person that spoke for a week. Like, wow, did you hear Frank F? He was amazing. Like, oh, wow. Well, yeah, it must be, they've got good sobriety in Seattle. And you're like, wow. Well, this is like being able to connect with those kind of people at the click of, you know, at the, at the drop of a hat or a push of a button yep. or a tap of a screen. And, and so I think it's, it's very powerful um, yeah. to, to really very quickly, you know, you're in Kentucky, I'm in Canada, Rob's in Colorado, Liz is in San Diego. Um, and then we get someone like Ramon who's in maybe Denmark. And then we all get yeah, together right. and like, you get all these powerhouses of sobriety from, it's, it's almost like putting together the, the Avengers of sobriety. Like, yeah. So for me, I, I look at it like, wow, this is amazing. Like I'm, I'm just charging up my sobriety. I, I, I look at it as like, I'm, I've got my iPhone charger and I'm, you know, like when your phone's plugged in all day and like it never, it's always at a hundred percent. Yeah. That's how it feels with Clubhouse. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm never out for the day and I'm like, shit, I've only got yeah. like a bar, I've got a bar left. I'm screwed, you know? Yeah. That's a real cool way of putting it. Yeah. I like that. Oh, well, yeah, that's, Cause that, I'm comfortable yeah. when my phone's on the charger, when I'm out and about and got no power. <laughs> yeah. I started getting well, comfortable. That's it. I mean, I, I, I've been, I, I got sober a long time ago. So, uh, what is your sobriety date? July uh, 25th, 1992. 1992. Yeah. So I got That's sober a couple of days ago. Yeah. A couple of you. Yeah. So uh, the, the analogy I used to use that was told, I guess someone, I don't even remember who told it to me, but I remember the analogy I used to like to use was like, I was a, char- I was a, I was a pager and this is, this is dating yeah. myself. I was a pager and my pager would be, out for the whole day and it would get weak and I would, and you know, the old pagers, you would sit them, charge them in a cradle. Yeah. So that's what I would, I, I would aching myself to being like a pager. Yeah. And when I sat my ass down in the meeting, it was like sitting in my charging cradle Yeah. and I would get is. charged up and then I would go back out. So it's the same analogy, except now it's a, that horrible thing that they changed the iPhone for that yeah. thing that doesn't, Lightning work, cable. doesn't work with your fucking, yeah, your, with your nothing cable. else. And, yeah. <laughs> so, so that's what it's like. It's like, it's like charging yourself up. Yeah. And, yep. And this is like being with Clubhouse. It's like you're charging yourself constantly. So it's great. And yeah, I mean, I think there's there's the beginning of it. it's like that bit of that pink cloud. And it's like, wow, this is exciting. And I can tell now, you know, before I would want to be on it all the time. Now I'm like, okay, I know that group's going to be on. I'm going to be on then. And like, you know, at 10 o'clock or 11, I'll be on with Rob Eastern time because I like what he has to say. Um, you know, and then it, 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 you, you find your, 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 and you know, every once in a while I'll listen to something else. I'm like, Ah, it's a little goofy. I don't want to be there, but yeah, but it's, but it's okay. I mean, it's for what's going on right now in the world with the whole, um, 
you know, with everything being shut down, at least in my part of the world, like everything's shut down, restaurants are closed. Like, you know, we're really like, we're kind of still quarantining a bit. Um, we're not quarantined, but we're, you know, we're, we're being very, very careful about where we're going. It's great to be able to connect like this. So, yep. Yep. yeah. Plus yeah, I get to, yeah. I get, you know, we, we get to, I get to meet you and we get to meet cool people. And, and I think it's the kind of thing where you'll form friendships, which is really yeah. fun too. Yeah. I just love the aspect of it, of broadening my network of recovery mm -hmm. brothers, because that can't be deep or wide enough. You know, I learned that 100%. really quick. You know, when I first came in, I was trying to close off and I didn't really want to get to know anybody. Mm -hmm. And when I hit a bottom that created, that caused me to have a great deal of pain. Uh, those lessons I learned earlier, I did it differently this time. And I started buddying up with folks, you know, and started, you know, yeah. uh, clinging to them, jumping in hip pockets, that kind of language you know and yeah. uh and i'm still doing it uh, you know i do it through the podcast there's a lot of there's quite a few times where somebody's a podcast guest and they come to my house and i've never met them or knew them until they pulled up in my driveway mm -hmm. uh and that's kind of neat too because i sure. what what <clears throat> there's like if i said uh, you know there's collateral damage you know well around this podcast i got a great deal of collateral benefit uh the podcast ultimately led me to clubhouse uh okay. somebody that was a guest was on the podcast told me about it Oh, nice. Yeah. So, I mean, it's so like the collateral benefit of this podcast, you know, one of them is, is that I get, a, I'm making a whole lot of new friends. You know, every yeah. time I have a new guest on, I walk away from it with a new friend, Yeah. you know, a new recovery warrior to, to, to walk this thing called life with. And uh, the other uh, thing that just amazes me to think about how this 12 step started with, you know, some people didn't have telephones in their homes at that point in history yeah. and to try <laughs> to, 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 and they were trying to, you know, they were just staying pretty secretive on purpose, you know, and uh, and to think about this thing wrapping completely around the world to 12 steps. And now it's actually doing it real time. We're having, you know, and that's like a blessing that may have come out of this COVID thing, you know, because if we hadn't had that, uh, I doubt that I'd be, I never was into on, you no, know, there's been online meetings for years. Yeah. I never have cared for them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, once I, I was forced I, I, into it, then I became more, oh, okay. Yeah. Starting to kind of like it, you know, I mean, I don't, I can be ready for the meeting five minutes before I don't necessarily have to shower and change my work clothes. And <laughs> yeah, uh, well, no, all that stuff. I mean, it's the convenience of it. And it's funny because, uh, you know, when you have long-term sobriety, it's really easy to get lazy and to rest on your laurels. And that's, mm -hmm. I kind of, I've been, I've been guilty of that for, for a while. And, and I have, you know, I have a great foundation and uh, I have my, you know, I have my guys that I check in with and, um, I've got, you know, uh, I've got a couple of guys that I work with. I've got one sponsee proper that I've been working with for as long as I've been sober. We've been hand in hand for 28 years. So oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, but you know, finding new guys to work with. And I mean, I would always get people that would come into my life and they'd be curious. So they, you know, they'd check in with me and I've got a few guys that I do that with now, but <clears throat> actually like getting hardcore work in the steps, going through it. I, I found that I did a lot more of that earlier in sobriety, or at least in like the first 10 years of my sobriety, I guess, because I was really close to meetings. Um, and when I started doing more professionally, like where I was traveling and all, and my schedule was different, it was hard to make those connections where you would be grounded with somebody on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. Cause I was always moving. So I would always meet new people and, you know, I'd get phone numbers and stuff, but this, the way this is designed now, I can sponsor someone from, you know, anywhere in the world and we could just chat on clubhouse we could do a fast you know instead of calling them we could just go okay great jump on clubhouse we'll start a closed room Get let's talk room. about how that's it so and and the fact that you can do the private rooms too like you and i could get on and start a closed room yep. it's a it's a great tool 
you yeah. know, it cut it cuts down on it cuts down on long distance charges. <clears throat> it cuts, you know, on so many things. And you're right. If if this pandemic didn't happen, who knows if I would have even looked at that? Because it all started with me. I kind of reconnected with this kind of stuff through somebody asking me to speak out on Zoom meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a buddy of mine that I knew from the music business. And he was like, hey, would you would you like to come sh- share at my group? I know you've got long-term sobriety. And I'm like, yeah, I'd love to. And I did. And I like the group so much. He's like, well, we meet every Wednesday. It's a noon meeting in LA, which means it's uh, three o'clock my time. And I was like, that's a perfect time of the day for me because I work at 7 p.m. So yeah. I was like, so every Wednesday I started doing that commitment where I, I kind of joined the group and became, there's like 17 guys on Zoom and I loved it. And, and in my mind, I was like, man, I want more of this. But you know, a couple of meetings that were like, ah, oh, well, you know, we had you speak, but we know you're like, you're a radio host and you're kind of in like media and we don't really want you have, have you in this meeting regularly because, you know, what you do and stuff. And I'm like, really? Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, I get that. You know, like some of the people were like, ah, you know, you could join the group. You could be here sometimes, but joining the group, they're a little weird about that. And, and it was some people that were like higher profile, you know, yeah, that's really stuff. weird because that's the opposite of what the program says. We are inclusive. <laughs> I, I know, I know, but but I was I didn't take anything to it. But I mean, I found my group on Wednesdays, which is like I guess my home group on Zoom, and I love it. And uh, but this is just an an addition to it. So I, you know, probably like you, I can never get enough of this stuff. I mean, to me, every time I get do something like this, it's just like sobriety in the bank. Yep. You know? Yep. Like interest, it's compounding, and I'm like, I'm just saving up for my whenever that sobriety retirement's going to be but right yeah but you know what i mean it's like it's just just, i'm just building on it so well there's a direct relationship and what i found is between the amount that i participate in my recovery of how good my life is you know how at ease Mm -hmm. i am how Mm -hmm. and then when i'm at ease other things just work out for me i think it's a karmic kind of balance thing that that makes life work for me so uh and a guy told me early on you know when i was playing around with this thing he told me he said you must participate in your recovery dan and I wasn't quite getting that, you know, I was just kind of hoping if I hung around with you guys, I'd get, I'd, you know, fall sober. Right. And, uh, and today, you know, because of circumstances, I, I took that to heart and, and I try to participate in my recovery to, at the highest level I can. Right. And it seems to pay benefits, uh, uh, you know, and that's not exactly why I do it, but I do want a good life. So this is, this is doing that for me. And if I keep doing what I'm doing, I keep getting what I'm getting just like the old days. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, uh, I've got a really strong home group here in Louisville men's group and, and we've been, we've suffered through some changes in the last few years and then the COVID thing hit and people didn't want to come to zoom meetings. So the attendance fell off, but it's come back up again. And certain people we're back in, there's a lot of face-to-face meetings. The restaurants are not closed here. Uh, You can pretty much do what you want to do here. You guys Uh, doing, are you guys doing the mask mandate? Like, like, it's that's what they say you know i still see people walking around without a mask on you know and i wonder you know i was in the grocery store the other day and a gal was uh, in the in the store without a mask and that like i I wonder like what's up what's the rebellious side of that because i don't like them and i didn't like the mask and i still don't particularly like them but i wear one when i go out Uh, i follow the rules yeah and uh well you know and it's funny because no matter what you're, you know, obviously, and I, and I don't want to touch on it at all, because I know it's a hot spot for you guys right now, but obviously it's been politicized, you know, yeah. the mask has been politicized, but, um, but, but from an alcoholic point of view, you know, I found when this thing all started, because I think globally, like worldwide, it all started around the same time, March 14th. That's like kind of the date where everyone said, okay, we got to fucking do something. Yeah. And it's funny how when this all started, 
I right away thought about alcoholics and how we deal with things. And in my mind, I was like, all right, so you're telling me that I got to follow some steps and rules um, that I got to trust in the process and that I don't know how this is going to end up. And I just got to take it a day at a time. I've been doing that for my whole life so far, yep, like ever yep. since Friday. So like I got this. So I was okay with it while a lot of other people were really resisting it. Um, but as soon as they said here, as soon as, in, you know, in Canada, they said, or in Quebec, I should say, our, our province, they were like masks, mandatory when you go out. At first, people were wearing them. I would go in the grocery store and I remember my wife and I, and there's that rebellious side of me where I was like, I'm not wearing me too. But it was before it was mandated. It was Can't like- tell me what to do. Right, people were, people were putting them on, but it wasn't really like you have to wear it. People were already, yeah. I guess they were already looking at what was going on in Wuhan and, and they were like, all right, well, we're gonna wear masks, you know? So people were, and there were still, but then as soon as the government's like, no, when you come into this, like, it was like, all right, as of, I don't say, uh, as of June 4th, masks are mandatory in a public space, in a, in a closed space, like in a store, uh, in a public, you know, public domain, yep. but not, yep. not outside on streets. So I would, you know, put it on as soon as I got in the store. But, you know, as I was leave, leaving, people would have them on in the parking lot with their groceries yeah. carts in their car. And I would just pull it off rebelliously. But I still put it on, you know. Yeah. But there's that still little part of me is like, fuck, taking it off now. But, yeah. you know, but now it's, it's funny how we adapt because now when I go into a store, everyone has them on. And I don't even see them anymore. At first, the, for the first few days, I was, I thought it was so weird. Me too. But now I don't even see the masks anymore. Yeah. I just... It's like, oh, okay. It's, an, it's amazing how fast we can acclimatize the things. We're just yep. like, oh, right. Yeah, well, okay. And uh, I work at people's houses. I right. go to people's homes. And, uh, and, and I wondered if this was not going to put a clamp on my business. You know, I thought, well, you know, this is going to have nobody wanting another dude in their house. Well, I think businesses picked up actually what happened because everybody's home all the time and they're tired of looking at their broken stuff and they want yeah. this fixed and they want well, that fixed. Nice. And when I go to somebody's house, not, I don't know, that might be too high. I'll, I'll be conservative and say 75% of the people that I go to their house, they don't have a mask on and not need me to wear mine because I usually tell them once <clears throat> while we're interchanging here, I'm cool with it. When I actually work, uh, I, I just, my, I wear prescription safety glasses and, and they yeah. fog up and I can't see. So I say, you know, while I'm working, you just stay away stay over there <laughs> and yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to do this here. Uh, yeah. so it's a big, it's weird, you know, and I don't know, it's just, it's really an odd thing, but that where I landed with it real quick, just like you said, you know, this, uh, really is where day to time living, uh, paid off in spades. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think most, to be honest, most of the people that I know that are sober or that had been sober before are not having a hard time, really. They're like, okay, I'm good. Yep. But I have to commend the people that got sober in this pandemic. Yeah, that sober is tough. Uh, yeah, because I know a lot of people that did that were, you know, that didn't have a problem that were just indulging a little bit more than they normally would, especially for the first six months. It was, you know, yep. even yeah, here. Stats said that, you know, and that's yeah. people would joke around about, you know, everything's closed, but the liquor stores. Same here. Yeah. And, but and I, I get that because yep. they don't need a whole bunch of detox and alcoholics hitting the medical system right now. Well, you know? that too, and, <laughs> you know, and we're, we have, um, so we just legalized pot uh, maybe a year and a half ago. Pot's completely legal across all Canada. So we have these uh, place, these stores called the SQDC. It's like the, it's like the liquor commissioner, like a liquor store, but for pot. So when you go in, it's like, it looks like the Apple store when you go in there. 
I mean, it looks like you go in there and it's all sleek and you don't see any pot anywhere. It's all, all hidden and everything. It's like, are you kidding me? But so, so that was open and the liquor stores were open. <clears throat> everything else besides not as like everything not essential was closed for, and we did, you know, we did a couple of openings and closings and yep, same here. the restaurants have been closed since um, to dine in have been closed since, Oh my God, probably since late fall. Uh, so it's really, really tough for them. Yeah. I mean, uh, I know we've already lost a lot of restaurants around here. Oh, uh, yeah. They just pulled it up because they can't go hardly any time without, without business. And yeah. Um, but there's there's still a lot of places you can go sit down and eat you know they got the, every other table marked off as not yeah and things like that you know and, it's uh, uh, like we, we just opened up movie theaters movie theaters opened up again on friday so it's funny my uh, my wife and i are actually going to the movies today and are you? It, it sucks you can't get popcorn you can't bring anything to eat no concessions and you got to wear your mask in the theater and i'm like but you know what i'm so excited to go to a movie it's been I think it's been nine months and I was a guy that went to the movies probably like uh, once at least three or four times a month. Yeah. So for me, I'm, I'm just super, not that there's much to see. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing, you know, cause yeah. like the entertainment center, the entertainment industry in that regard had oh. a downturn and yeah. just everybody uh, had to turn it down a bunch of notches and yeah, it's been tough. A huge been weight. Tough. Yeah. But, Where'd you grow up at? Uh, Montreal. Oh, so you're okay i had yeah. it in my head that you were uh so that's not too far away that are you still live nearby there i'm not canada geography is not my strong yeah. suit <laughs> yeah so if you figure to you get the easiest way to put it if, if you know where new york city is yeah we're about six hours uh north of, of new york wow. i guess north northeast of new york yeah, yeah so we're not far so we're within montreal we're within five five or six hours of boston new york um all right so you use montreal you uh, yeah so so montreal's we're, we're on the east coast so we're um you know east coast of of canada uh, of the of north america so we're uh i guess from louisville i don't know probably well we're probably good, so good yeah. 16 17 hours maybe yeah, yeah. but so um did you grow up there you stayed pretty much at yeah, home i mean yeah I, you did I, some traveling but yeah so i i grew up here until i lived here until nine in 1999 my band moved to los angeles and um we were trying to you know we were at the time in my 20s i was trying to make it in the music business so we we ended up moving to la uh so i lived there on and off for about three and a half years um and and i spent a lot of time once my band we, we got signed to um to we were on ozzy and sharon osborne's record label yeah. and we were we were touring around quite a bit um in the u.s for for a while so i got to know i got to see all of the u.s um we went to europe we just started going to europe and then um I had, uh, I had my son. Uh, so I was kind of like, uh, I made a decision. Do I want to be, do I want to be a touring musician or do I want to be a dad at home? And I, I just, so I just, I decided to give up music for a while and, and find another, another path. And I had, you know, I had my son that had my daughter and, um, what did you put, what was your, what did you play? I was a singer. Singer. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Who was so, it? A uh, band called Slaves on Dope. Uh, that nice yes. thing too yeah so we were uh, we were yeah it was funny with, and it was funny because I, I started the band it was six months sober and uh the name we were like well we loved we love soundgarden um and uh soundgarden had this song called slaves and bulldozers mm. on this album bad motor finger and we were my guitar player loved the names just like the slaves part and I, he was like what do you think of slaves on dope and i was like that's cool because if you do a lot of dope you become a slave to them so people were like 
love the name. Like kids loved wearing the t-shirt because it would piss their parents off. Right, right, yeah. And then a lot of people hated the name because they're like, well, that's just so negative. Yeah. Like, and I was like, well, no, if you do a lot of dope, you become a slave to it. Anyways. Yeah, you could you could still uh, justify the name yeah. for it, but the, any controversy is going to get you a little more press. So that's it. So we were, uh, so we had that, um, you know, we, we decided at one point because the style of music we were doing just there was no room for it in Canada and it was it was just a lot more accepted in the U.S. there was like they liked metal and, and I don't know it just made more sense and once we moved there um, we uh, immediately like we had been struggling for about eight years to try to get noticed in Canada and, and the minute that we um, we moved to LA it was like it, instantaneous like it just happened it was like oh. it was great so um, so yeah we had a really good run we had a lot of fun and then um, I kind of switched hats and became a dad. I struggled a bit for career wise, what I wanted to do. And then I fell into radio and that was it. I mean, I've been doing radio now for 11 years and it's, um, and I absolutely love it because yeah. I get to, I get to take the skills that I learned in music and apply them. And like, first of all, I'm just a music lover. So, and I'm a people person. So naturally it just, it was just a good fit. And being a front man of a band, I had the experience of being on stage. So I didn't get nervous and I didn't, you know, I could talk all that stuff so yep. it just all kind of worked out and i just kind of fell into radio and ever since i haven't let go i mean i absolutely love it and it's a volatile business like you never know yeah uh, from one day to the next you know if you have one bad rating book you could just be kicked to the curb so yeah yeah i just um, I kind of keep my ear in the wind around here and actually you know you i look at some stuff like that like i mean like newspapers are almost a thing of the past i mean they're yeah. still there but and uh i wonder like what uh what what the internet and availability of that does to radio a while back we got a little local thing and there's a big news that i don't even watch the news at all so when the news gets to me it had to be big it has to be like covid sized before right, i notice it because right. i don't watch yeah. tv and i don't listen to any kind of local news or any kind of news on on the internet yeah. and like one of the local places we have a big old uh a big radio station's been around all my life and they, you know, laid off half their staff and these these personalities that have been on the show for 40 years and yeah, or yeah, been on yeah. the radio for 40 years and they cleaned house just, I don't know, a year ago or so. Yeah. Uh, well, they do you, that. They, they, they do that constantly here. Um, you never know. So, yeah, um, I imagine I, the market a little different here than there. But uh, well, you know, in the U.S., the thing is in, in, in major markets, you'll have a lot more. Com com competing stations for the same piece of the pie. Yeah. Um, I'm in, so, so the part of Canada that I'm in, I'm in Quebec. So our our province is bilingual. Um, hmm. Are you? I am perfectly. Yeah. Well, perfectly. It depends who you ask. Yeah. <laughs> if you ask my wife, who's Francophone, she won't say I'm perfectly bilingual, but I'm, I'm bilingual. I mean, you know, we, we, we watch stuff and we watch TVs, TV shows, movies in French. I'll listen to French music. I can speak French. My writing, French is a very hard language too. Um, it's compared to English. Uh, it's, it's like night and day. I mean, French there's, you know, for, for a body of water, we have maybe five words, you know, six French, they'll have like 12, you know, yeah. it's just, it's a much broader, 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 broader language and the conjugation of verbs and the masculine and the feminine is just it's brutal it's really really tough uh, my daughter's um 13 and she's in uh fairly high level french in school and she just dreads like having to take exams and because it's tough it's tough but my wife's a great you know she's great she's really good with languages so yeah. she, she picks up really quickly 
but yeah, I'm, I'm fairly bilingual. And it, the, the challenge here is that we have, um, you know, we have English and French. So in order to get, you know, in order to get anything done in Quebec, if you're like professionally, um, you have to be like, let's say you're bringing a new product to market here and you got to do all your packaging. It's got to be fully bilingual. Mm. Like it's got to be, I'm looking around to see if I have anything to show you, but it's got to be in English and in French. And then um, on certain things, it has to be, you know, like for a, for a, a sign outside, if you have a store sign, it's got to be 75% French. And, and if you're going to have any English, it's got to be smaller. Like it's, and the whole reason why is because the French language, you know, there's a pocket of Francophones in North America. So imagine if you, you've got your culture, I guess it's kind of like in Louisiana, you know how like you have a French population in Louisiana yep, yep. that's been there for years, but with all of this North American influence and especially you guys being south of the border of us, I mean, American TV, everything is such a big influence on us here, no matter what we want to say. I mean, I, I, I watch CNN all the time. I watch American television. I grew up on all that stuff. So it's imagine if you've got this distinct, distinct society and this distinct culture and this whole language that's being surrounded by all this English, you've got to protect it. Otherwise it'll just get phased out. Yeah, be, so yeah. There's this whole thing that happened in Quebec. And that's why I love Quebec is that they've got this pride and this, and this um, attachment to their culture and to the language that they want to protect. So there's this whole thing around Quebec there that they protect what's here. So the reason why I'm getting, the reason why I'm getting to that is that here in English radio is very small. So I'm an English station surrounded by a major French market. So the competition for a rock station, there's not. So mm. I, I, I'm, I work at a station called Shom FM, Shom 97.7, and it's been here for 52 years. Wow. And it's been the pr predominant rock station. And 70% of our listenership is, Anglo is Francophone, which is crazy. They'll listen because we're the only game in town for rock. So it's, it's, it's unique where we are. So we're kind of like a heritage station. So when you work at Shom, I'm not saying you can't get let go. But you've got a good, you, it's almost like you're in less of a volatile yeah. you know, state than someone that works at the hot AC or the, uh, the hits station, yeah. you know, where it's like, oh man, you've got three stations like that. So it, it's, it, it's an interesting, um, it's an interesting environment to work in, but culturally, there's just so much. And if you, if, and it's kind of like, if you've got that openness and you're willing to embrace it, oh my God, I mean, imagine, you know, I've got. I have all twice the amount of music or three times the amount of music that I can dive into. And, and there's incredible filmmakers that are from here. Like we've got Denis Villeneuve who did the last Blade Runner movie. He's done, he's doing the new Dune movie. He's like a world-class uh, filmmaker and he's from here. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we've got some great talent here. Like we've got, uh, it's amazing. Like for the arts and culture, Quebec, you can't beat it. It's just, it's, it's great. So, and Montreal is kind of in that, Quebec in this province, Montreal is kind of like the Hollywood of Quebec. Okay. You know, yeah. like all the, cause there's a whole star system of imagine like there's, there's TV, there's film, there's music, all of that culture exists in Quebec. So there's a whole star system of, of musicians and, and filmmakers and artists that exist in Quebec. So Montreal is like the, I guess it's kind of like the New York of Quebec yeah. or the Los yeah. Angeles of Quebec. Yeah, so, right, right. So, yeah. so yeah, so just to give you a bit of a, yeah. of so, a history of what, what what i'm deal, dealing with here what, what what's your radio show look like what, what's that uh is it it's like a, a standard dj play music kind of thing yeah it's a rock station so you know all the classic rock that you grew up listening to like you know zeppelin 
Pink Floyd, Zeppelin, the Rolling Stones, Hendrix, um, you know, but we'll have stuff like Rush, uh, like all the classic rock yep, yep, yep. from like the 60s and 70s. But we'll, we're a hybrid, so we'll have new rock too. So we'll have stuff like the Black okay. Keys, uh, you know, um, the White Stripes, uh, whatever's new that's hot in rock too, we'll have that. So we're considered kind of like a, a hybrid classic rock station. Yeah. So it's fun. So, and we're really like, it's all about the music. So, you know, the tagline is, uh, it's the spirit of rock. So we're really like, it's all about the music. You know, we don't really, we focus on music. It's all about music. So it's great. So, and everybody that works at the station is a really big music fan. Um, so we've got a few people on, on, on the roster that are like music historians. And so it's really, you know, we've got this one guy who's, um, his whole thing is he just goes down, you know, he'll, he'll break down like a record and he'll talk about the history of that record. They call it the Chronicles of Rock. So we've got really cool. We've got a really cool roster of DJs and it's, and it's fun. It's really, yeah. it's a great environment to work. In. I love it. I mean, I'm, the fact that I get to play music for a living and talk yeah. about it, it's a blessing and I get to, um, I, we fall under the iHeart radio umbrella. So we have, ask, I, yeah. yeah. So iHeart um, is kind of like our calling card. So it's great. So if someone comes to the market and they want to talk to somebody about rock in Canada for, for the, for nationally, I'm like the rock guy with iHeart. So it's fun. Oh, that is really, really cool. Man. Yeah. So I've gotten to, you know, I've gotten so to I talk could to tune it. I could tune it in on iHeart radio. Yeah. On my yeah, phone. You can. Yeah. Yeah. I think in the States you'd use like tune FM or one of those apps, but yeah, you can find us online really easily. Yeah. That's super cool. So that's, uh, you yeah. know, that's one of the miracles that I find. And that's uh, not everybody gets to find it. But a, a lot of people do is where what has happened to me is that I'm able to do something for a living that I actually love. Yeah, that was it. not what happened. to You know, I was an engineer for 28 years. And although I liked it, and they treated me well, and it was a good time and all that. Uh, once I got sober, I started like my it was my eyes came open. It's like the emperor has no clothes kind of thing. And I started like, hold on, uh, this is not <laughs> uh, yeah. this is not what I thought it was. And uh, ended yeah. up, you know, self employed after a little bit and actually doing something that I like to do, you know, I love to do. So yeah. uh, I, I see that as a trend in people who come to recovery is that they have the uh, uh, the courage and the vision to to somehow fall into <laughs> these great things. Well, you know, I, and, I didn't and, set any of this up. Well, you know, you it's funny either. because no, and and I just and and I think when you're when you tr when you truly are happy and and you can let the fear kind of leave your life if you will like yeah. i one thing that like you know i really don't i'm not fearful anymore and 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 it's funny the minute i got sober um all the things i used to be insecure about like right before i came into sobriety maybe a year and a half before i got sober i was i was in a program for it was a professional theater program it was a super competitive program to get into because i wanted to be an actor i wanted to you know i wanted to act and i loved uh, theater and i loved um, being on stage and I, I loved all that stuff but i was super insecure when i did it very insecure like real, and I remember that insecurity when I was still yeah. drinking in that world, which is already an insecure world. Oh, it was awful. It was awful. And I remember that feeling and I was always fearful. And when I got sober, you know, I started to, you know, obviously when I, and I heard this actually on clubhouse, which I love, it's like, I passed all that stuff through the 12 step machine and I washed it. Yep. It all came out different. Yep. So in sobriety, I started my band about six months into sobriety. So everything that I've done professionally, I didn't really take, I didn't do it from a place of fear once I was sober. And it's been great because I'm not fearful anymore. So I'm, I'm blessed to, to do stuff that I love now. 
Um, and even any situation I would enter into, because I've done some jobs that I wasn't really crazy about, especially when I was doing music for all those years, because music's so volatile. And again, it's not, um, you never know where you're going to be and it's hard to make money in music. So I always had other jobs and I always did other stuff, but I always approached it from the point of like, okay, I'm going to do the best I can with this. So if I'm working at a grocery store, I'm going to be the best bag boy I can be. You know, um, if I'm working at a, a call center and, and I'm, I'm the human resources person and I'm dealing with people that are coming and going at this, you know, turn, you know, the turnover rate in this call center is huge. I'm going to be the best human resources person I could be at this call center. Or if I'm, you know, I'm, I'm working at my dad's transport company and we're, we're dealing with incoming containers and, and, and transporting loads all over the country. I'm going to do the, be the best dispatcher I can be. So I always tried to be the best I could be. And that was because of the steps. Yeah, That was because right. the steps taught me to, you know, just put my best foot forward and, and, you know, and I would always be constantly going through the steps in every area of my life. So Yep. I think it's, I think sober people usually end up being, you know, they end up having vocations that they're happy in. Yep, they do. Yep. Uh, I mean, because for us, much, why, go ahead. Yeah. Well, no, go ahead. You go ahead. I say, because we dealt with so much unhappiness at one point that I'm yeah. like over that, you know, I'm like, you know, no, I am not going to settle for something today. I don't have to. And yeah. uh, it's kind of like, you know, you can't, though, cliches, you know, you really can't see the light until you've seen the dark and, you know, 100%. Kind of stuff. And I think that's one of the reasons why uh, when you do have good sobriety and, and you, you know, and you work it, work it in your life, you can really be happy. But, you know, it doesn't mean that we don't have pitfalls and we don't have stumbling blocks. I mean, God, the fucking mistakes. That Life still happens. Oh, my God. And, I, and, I, and I'm constantly learning. Like, I never stop learning. And, you know, I can sit here and say I'm, I'm, I'm sober and, and it looks great and it's all shiny, but I, I'm still an asshole sometimes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. actually, <clears throat> I'm an asshole a lot of the times. And, and, but the, the difference is I'm able to say sorry now and I'm able to look at my behavior and, I'm, and I try to be better. You know, I really, really yep. try to be better. Yep. And uh, one of the things I think I do is I, I correct my course faster too. You know, I used yes. to go way off course before making the correction and I correct them faster. So they're never as bad. And I make them right. Just like our work tells us to do quicker. And it, yes. really is, it ends yeah. up not really being a thing. Yes. But it's still, you know, there's still certain things like, yeah, okay. I'm not fearful anymore. That's good. Um, economic insecurity will leave us. They said, I, I, I really am like that now. I don't worry about money. I don't worry about money. And I, and I used to a lot. And now it's just like, no, cause I'll be fine. You know, as long as I, 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 I know money can always be made, you know, it can, it'll always work out. Yep. Um, and it does always but, work out for me. I think I'm right along with <laughs> you there. You know, uh, the financial insecurity thing was big for a long time yep. and, no. uh, and I just don't worry about it anymore. No, I don't worry about it either. I mean, I have my ways of dealing with it and, you know, I, I, uh, I, I collect stuff. Some, you know, I'm a bit of a collector and oh, I, like yeah. to, I like to spend up money on stupid things sometimes, but you know what? I used to spend that money on booze and alcohol, yeah. uh, booze and drugs. And, and when I would wake up, you know, like, you know, if I would have, if I would have gone through four or five cases of beer in a week, well, I pissed it out. It's, it's gone. Yeah, I mean, right. But if I, you know, if I buy a hundred records, well, if some times are tough, I can sell those hundred records and make that money back. So yeah. I kind of look at it like that. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I do have my addictive and my, my addictive personality where, you know, like I'll start something and I got to do, I, I got to, you know, I buy one book. Well, I've got to have the whole collection or, well, if I bought one Zeppelin record, well, I need all the Zeppelin records. And, you know, so it's funny how that creeps up, but you know, listen, 
we're, yep. we're not perfect, you know. Uh, yeah, and you know, I'm not, you know, there's also, I'm not going to go to jail for buying all the Zeppelin records either. You know, no, I'm not exactly, going to mess up yeah. anybody's life, and you know, there's not going to be any yeah. consequences to my family members. And <laughs> well, that's it, you know. And I and I try to say, I try to look at it as, you know, if my bills aren't getting paid, or it's one thing, you know. But it's it's it never gets to that point. But yeah. but working on working on things in sobriety um, are so important, and and communication, especially in relationships, you know. Um, but I'm really lucky. Like I've got great people around me. Like I've got, um, you know, I've got a great partner. My, my, my wife's awesome. She, she corrects me on my stuff all the time. And, and we have a, we have a really good relationship because we're honest with each other and we, we communicate. I mean, we, we communicate a lot, like almost to the point where I'm like, we really communicate a lot. Like <laughs> we talk all the time about stuff and it's, but it, you know what? It forces me sometimes. Like if I'm in a bad mood, you know, some people will be like, well, fuck you. I'm not talking to you till tomorrow and that's it no it never lasts it's like five minutes and then we'll, we'll end up sitting down and talking and and yeah i correct myself as much as i can you know if i if i if i say something mean i'll, I'll try to make it up by by apologizing and and but better yet than apologizing trying to say okay why did you do that try not to do that anymore and and yeah, i think that's perfect, the difference I, between an apology and an amend amend is where i've actually made it right with you and i'm also doing work to correct that behavior and not do it again so we just uh, uh, pick it up on, you know, I'd like to hear a little bit about how you grew up and, and you know, what your family life was like and yeah. siblings. And, you know, yeah. usually after the fact, I go back and most people can kind of look at some things and see some the, some cookie crumbs in a trail that kind of mm. led us to where yeah. we're at. Well, it, it's funny because I never, you know, it was when I got into AA that I got a lot of the answers that I needed that I didn't understand before. So some of the, some of maybe the thoughts I had or the behavior, um, I didn't really understand until I came into the program and it was like, oh, that's why I was doing that because I'm an alcoholic. Um, and, it, and it's funny, people ask me like, what's your earliest memory of being an alcoholic? And it's not taking my first drink. It's when I was in the schoolyard and um, I was about probably five or six, maybe six or seven. And I was at one end of the schoolyard and there was another group of kids at the other end. And I was sure they were talking about me. Mm, yeah. That's my earliest memory of being an alcoholic because that's where I can remember how I always felt less than, not a part of. Yep. And it was when I first picked up a drink that I immediately felt a part of and and that I could hang with anyone. And right. that was, it was almost like it gave me this power. And, and that was what, you know, when I think about it, the more I think about it, the more I realize that it, it was, I always share about this. I always say how, that's my earliest memory of being an alcoholic. Taking a drink gave me the ease and comfort. And I felt fine for a while. And then it got really, really bad again. Like really, really bad. Um, and the difference was now I had this dependency on something that was yeah. taking over my life. And the ease and comfort that alcohol gave me, I got when I came to the program. And I've had it since. Do right. you know what I mean? Yep. yep. So it's kind of like we're always... We're, we're, we're trading one thing for another in a way, but it's a much more positive thing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know I, what I mean, can, I totally do. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's like a, <clears throat> I don't know, I call it the pendulum swing or something. There's yeah. some kind of like, there's these, these things exist on both end of the swing, but in yeah. this side of the swing, it's unhealthy. And in this side of the swing, I've got 
I've, I've got a healthy way of doing it. You know, like when it says right. in there, we were looking for an easier, softer way. Uh, I found that this is the easier, softer way <laughs> do this work and do this, you know, hundred uh, percent. Yeah. And that's, 100%. so that's what I was looking for the whole time, but for a long time, I'm looking for it completely wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, um, that's my earliest memory of being an alcoholic, but you know, my, my drinking really started, it was around age 12 or 13. Um, it's when I really started dipping into it. And, and when I think of it now, cause of the age I'm at, <clears throat> my drinking career was very short. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> it was from 13, 12, 13 to 21, you know, so it was maybe only about eight years cause I stopped yeah. so young, but those eight years were, you know, I, I mean, it was like intense and, and it was, it was almost like the minute I, I discovered alcohol, I, I, I love that, that state. And I was always that kid that was a little younger than most of the kids. My, I was, I was the one who was introducing a lot of people to things. Like I would get people drinking, you know, um, I'd let, tell my, my other friends to try this, try this. Yeah. And, and when I discovered like to, to, like, for example, like to show you how, how much of an alcoholic I was or how much of an addict I was. I remember when I was 15, I tried, um, I smoked hash for the first time. Hmm. And, and I had already been drinking, but I, 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 you know, everyone was trying to smoke. Everyone was trying to experiment with marijuana and, and hash. And, and uh, I smoked it for the first time. I went to a concert and I remember, wasn't even sure if I felt anything, but the minute from the day I first tried it, I was so, so curious. And I was like, I couldn't wait. And I remember it was the month of November. And right after Christmas of that year, leading into the next year, I went to Florida for two weeks to go uh, spend time with my aunt and my niece and her niece and her daughter, my, my, uh, my cousin. And I remember my cousin was probably six, seven years older than me and she smoked pot. Mm. And, and I remember going there for two weeks and smoking with her. And then I smoked every single day when I was there. And from that time till the time I got clean, I was high every day almost. Yeah. Yeah. So it just showed you how that obsession, um, started right away yeah the minute i got something i needed to do more and more of it and it was just i guess it was the state that i liked being in because it was just more there was less pain there you know what i mean yeah. there was less yep. it was more comfortable there yep. um but i didn't necessarily have you know a, a horrible upbringing um i can't you know my parents got divorced when i was nine and my dad i went to live with my dad when i was about 12 or 13 when my p parents split up and i um I lived with him till I was about 16, 17. And then I went off to my grandmother's, but I had a really, I didn't, I never really felt like I had a home. I was always moving around, Yeah, you know? Um, and it was only up until maybe four years ago that I really feel like I have a home. Like my wife and I bought this place in the city. It was an old dump and we gutted it and oh, cool. stripped it and turned it into a single house and stuff. Yeah. But it's funny how it took me so many years in recovery, even to feel, to find like a place where I was like, I could put down roots and, you know, I did it at 46. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, but, um, um, those feelings have not fitting in and, you know, there's certain things that people bring to the table on every podcast. And that's certainly, uh, one of them is that, uh, and then of course the, you know, uh, I couldn't fit in, couldn't fit in. And then I got some of that substance in me <clears throat> and then man, I was fitting in good. At least I yeah. thought I was, you know, everywhere. Yeah. Uh, it was like the golden key. You know, I was like, man, if I, well, how come I didn't find this earlier? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. but you know, and then that's the same thing with that pendulum swing or whatever. Uh, you know, I had a blast partying, 
You know, I yeah. mean, there was a lot of really good times. Oh yeah. And it, yeah. it was fun until it wasn't fun anymore. And then when the door slammed shut on the fun, uh, it was instant misery. You know, I didn't really, I don't remember like changing. It was just like, all of a sudden I woke up and this wasn't working anymore. Oh. Well, that's it. And it, and, and when that switches and when that happens, it's really not fun because all these other things start to, you know, it, it, it started with me getting into theater school. Like I, I wanted to go into, I, I, when I was young, I want, I really wanted to be an actor. It was like my, my dream is I wanted to do theater. And, mm -hmm. and, um, and so I went, I got into this really, really hard. I got into this, um, this college that was really, really focused on, on acting and theater. And it was really, really hard to get into, you know, you had to audition and they didn't take many people. And I remember I got in, it was a three-year program and, um, and I was using the whole time. And when I was there, I remember the first year of my three-year program at the end of the year, I had squeaked by in my grades. Um, and I remember they all sat me down when it was time to review the end of the year. And they said, listen, you've passed all your grades, but we really, really want you to stay back and repeat the first year because we think that you could get a lot from it. And we don't think, we think you might've missed stuff, but we think we, but we see a lot of potential and we think you should stay and redo your first year. I was so fucking resentful. Yeah. So, but I agreed because I really wanted to do this. So I, I redid my first year. Um, and when they said at the end of the first year, I did great. Uh, at the end of this, repeating the first year, you know, I was still using, but I did much better. I applied myself more. Um, the the actor studio play that they put on at the end of the year, I ended up getting the lead in it. Like I, I, I got everything that I was you know, I should have been doing my first year because I applied myself a little bit more. And at the end, when they did the review, they said, you're doing great. Your marks are, are you know, are much better than they were. And we're so proud of it that you took the time to redo your first year. And I said, well, did I prove to myself that I could work at your level? And and they said, absolutely. And you're going to go on to the second year. I said, no, I'm not I'm quitting. And I walked out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, and. It's funny because in, in, in sobriety, I went on to do a lot of really, really cool things, you know, professionally, really cool things. But that was one thing that I, I still kind of regret not finishing. Yeah. And I don't have many regrets from the past, but that's one of them. Cause I said to myself, you know, that was stupid. You should have just finished that, you know? And, uh, and I remember, and I'm, I know I'm bouncing around a bit, but I remember when I got, when I got sober about three months into sobriety, I went to university for, um, I did two courses in university and I, and I went back as a mature student just because I wanted to prove to myself that I could work at the university level because in my mind, I was, you know, there's still something in me that was like, I would, cause it was, it was like junior college. They call it CGEP here. Hmm. And um, I, I never really had gone to university. So I, I did that. And, and in, my, in a way it kind of satisfied me. I said, Oh, okay. I could be a university student if I wanted to. And I remember that was a big deal in sobriety for me to do that, but yeah. Um, Unfinished business kind of. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, like, like an amend to yourself, well, you know, I was just going to say that it was like an amend to myself. So, but you know, the drinking. You gotta be fucking kidding me. Uh, I, I hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear it again. I just said in, in there, I, what I, you didn't hear was you gotta be fucking kidding me. Oh, I heard you say uh, that. <laughs> did you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, well, we'll keep on trying. Okay. I don't know. Uh, it really surprises me. Like I do a speed test on here and it's rocking. What if I, what if I took 
you know, would you think if I stopped video it would make a difference or no? No, I. Uh, we do that in Zoom once in a while when people have trouble. Uh, usually it's yeah. because it's like it's not enough. You you won't be able to hear their voice very well. Right. Okay. Uh, well, well, we'll we'll keep going, man. It's yeah. all right. I, I got nothing scheduled after this, so. Okay. We'll you got uh, go ahead. I, I, I just realized. Try to act I, enough. I just realized I'm on my. Uh, there's Leah. So you see the name Leah Jewers. I did. I saw it when it popped she's, up. She's she's my uh, she's my um, she's kind of like my boss at iHeart, and I used oh, her. Oh yeah. Because I did an interview with the Kings of Leon. Oh, really? Cool, cool. Like last week, and I had to use her account because her account's the professional account that uh -huh. doesn't have any, and I have the free account. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So I just realized I'm on with her on her account when I saw my name. So anyway, it yep. doesn't matter. Yeah, as soon as you signed on, it popped up just for a second, and I knew it. I knew it didn't say your name. So yeah. is, is your name really what it is, or is that a? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a government okay. issued name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. I I didn't know if it might be the no. DJ name. No, no, no. When my when my grandfather came over from uh, my grandfather was a, an immigrant from Russia, like he came over. He was from Latvia, which is like old Russia, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, he came over. I guess after he came over probably in the twenties before the Second World War, and um, when immigrants would get off the boat, they would just name them. Like if they couldn't pronounce their name, they would just give them. Oh, you know, yeah, so here. his name was probably like Rokmanov or Rokmanov or whatever. Yeah, so right. they just were Rockman. So yeah. it's, it's funny because he was in transport and trucking and like he had a company called Rockman Trucking and, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, it, I, you know, I went into music and I went into rock DJing and, and, and I, when I got into radio, like, they're like, oh, well, you're going to be the rock man. I was like, okay. Okay. Yep. Works great. <laughs> yep. But most, most, most people think it's fake. It's funny. Yep. Yeah. I, I suspected, I wasn't sure I was yeah. going to ask. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. it's, uh, it's real, real deal. It's real. Yeah. So uh, we're, yeah, so the escalated the the um, it's funny when I said the um, when I said uh, my drinking escalated quickly was when it was frozen. You said you got to be kidding me. I thought you were being you were being <laughs> cheeky. No, so so yeah, the the, the drinking escalated really really quickly, um, and it was like I was fearless when it came to alcohol. I was fearless. I was just you know I was fearless with anything that had to do with my mood you know mood altering substances and. I guess what really started scaring me was the fact that, you know, I was waking up. I, I didn't remember how I got home. I would fall asleep on the couch, wake up in my bed, not remember how that happened. Yeah. I would lose parts of my night. I didn't understand any of that stuff until I came to AA. I didn't know that was a blackout. I had no idea. So that was really, you know, it was that kind of stuff. Um, and I was just, you know, behind on bills. Like I had, I, you know, I would, I would always be behind on my rent. Um, I would, you know, I would be waiting to get that paycheck every, you know, every two weeks, I'd be waiting to get that paycheck from whatever job I was working at. And it was just to, to scramble and pay off whatever I needed to pay. And it was just, you know, borrowing from Peter to pay Paul and all that stuff. Um, but it was, it was really, it was one event in particular that really, really like rocked me. And it was the one I had a really, really good friend that I used to drink with. Um, really, really good friend. And, um, he went out one night and killed himself and a, a, an entire family in a head-on collision. Whoa. Um, and one guy was in the car that lived, uh, who was the passenger. And um, I remember we were all devastated. It was like one of our friend, best friends growing up. And, and his family didn't want to have any kind of a funeral. They, did, he, they didn't want any of us at the funeral. They looked at us as um, a really, really influence. And I remember we did our own ceremony for him and, um, 
it was it was really really sad and i remember thinking something's got to change here this is crazy because we all used to drink and drive i used to yep. i would i would i remember waking up in my apartment and i had a construction sign in my apartment and i was like how the fuck did this get here mm-hmm. and then i had flashes of remembering stopping on the highway and lo- lo- you know loading this orange construction sign into the back seat thinking it was funny yeah i mean what the fuck you know what, yep. what do you like who does that just stupid things like that um you know all kinds of fender benders i remember getting pulled over by the cops um panicking 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 like taking my t-shirt in my mouth and breathing in and out because i was told that that'll help with the, the you know the alcohol breath and i remember i was such a good bullshitter that i you know talk my way at it i talk wow. my way at it. Yeah. they just looked at Are, have you been drinking tonight are you okay i'm like no i'm good all good okay go on like i mean granted it was you know late 80s early 90s so maybe things are a little more lax than they are now but yeah I, I remember getting pulled over by a cop once and um i had a massive joint rolled behind my ear <laughs> okay and i remember getting pulled over because i didn't have i had gotten this car and i didn't have my license i had a, a temporary license that was in the window yeah. and it had, fall, it had fallen off as a paper license and it had fallen off so i go pulled over because i didn't have a license uh-huh. uh, a license plate yeah, so right, right. and i remember the cop coming in and, and we and i was in the in the car with three other people we were fucking loaded stone just like done and i remember go get, got out of the car spoke to her showed her the thing you know showed her that the paper had fallen off got back in the car and i remember looking in the rearview mirror and realizing that i had a joint this yeah. big behind my ear <clears throat> and saying to myself like that's crazy. And I remember we we're all laughing. Yeah. And the amount of crap that I would have gotten in, you know, yeah. Um, if that would have happened. But it was really when my friend passed away and uh, we were all saying, you know, I can't believe we drink and drive and we all need to stop this and we all need to get our shit together. And I remember two weeks after we were still drinking and driving. Yeah. And it was just, I guess the seed had been planted about how, you know, this is, can be really, really a life or death thing. And, I just, you know, I, I, I was, I was all these things, all this behavior, I didn't realize until I got in the program, but you know, I, w- I remember on a Sunday morning, scrambling all the bottles in my apartment and bringing them back to the store to get the deposit back. Cause yeah. you know, I don't know if you guys, you guys do, we don't too, do but, it anymore, but I remember we used to have uh, bottle deposits, right? So we, we, I would bring all the bottles and I would, and I would, you know, be carrying these, you know, these, four or five cases to the corner store to get the deposit back so I could buy a couple of quarts of beer. Uh, and I remember drinking beer in the shower um, yeah. in the morning. Yeah. And I, and I didn't, I mean, I was, and I remember my hand was starting to shake and it was like, so I was well on my way. Um, and then when I, and I was experimenting more with other drugs um, and I started doing Coke and I love, remember I loved Coke because I could be really, really drunk and I do a bit of Coke and it was like, fuck, I can drink some right. more. Yep. So Coke, Coke started to be this Saturday thing, you know, Saturday, I'll do a little bit of Coke and during the, but, but, you know, during the week I was drinking every day. Yeah. And, and the thing is, cause I was at the age I was 21, it was kind of a slip. It was, it was dangerous a bit, not dangerous, but it was almost socially accepted because I was drinking beer and I was smoking pot. Yep. That's what most 20, 20 year old, year old kids do anyway. So yep. it was, you know, I was, I wasn't downing Mickey's a scotch um you know i wasn't really drinking a lot of hard liquor i hadn't really gotten to that point but it was really and i and i remember when i would drink hard liquor i would get really violently ill because i was so used to drinking beer 
the way yeah. I drank beer. Yeah. And, you know, I was drinking 12 beers a night and smoking a couple of grams of weed. So that's a lot. Yeah. yeah. You know, but it doesn't, but because there's considered lower on the totem pole of, of using, they're, they're more like the gateway to the, to the, to the good stuff. Yeah. It, you know, it was easy for me. And this is probably my alcoholic mind that was th- like, that was churning. It was easy for me to think it's not so bad. You know, you're not getting that fucked up, but I was getting fucked up. And, you know, when you're shaking and stuff and the shakes start, um, that's a telltale sign. And again, another thing I only realized in recovery yeah, uh, that there's an issue. So uh, I, I had my last night of drinking was really, um, it was, it was uh, another one where I blacked out. I woke up, got back, um, woke up in my apartment, had no idea how I'd gotten there. And I remember I woke up at around 10 AM and I was supposed to be at work at nine. And my boss had told me, you know, if you're late again, you're one done. more time. <laughs> and I remember, um, I was like, I can't believe I did this again. I can't believe I did this again. And I, and I remember I called in to work sick mm-hmm. and, um, I said, I can't make it in today. And then I remember I said, this has got to stop. And I, and I don't know where this thought came from, but I said, I got to call AA. And I had never been 12 step before. No one had ever talked to me about my drinking before. No wow. one had ever said you need to stop. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Um, so I called uh, 411 and I, I said, do you have a number for Alcoholics Anonymous? And I remember they gave me a number for intergroup. Um, I called somebody. Somebody on the phone was nice enough to say, hey, there's a meeting on Saturday night. There's a meeting tonight. This is where it is. And I went and that was it. And I never looked back. I wow. never looked back. Um, and like, and, you know, I shared it along the way that all the clarity came into recovery. And that's when I started to put, be able to put labels on these things yeah. and realize like, Hey, this was a blackout. Those were DTs. Um, you know, you were, I was well on my way and I think I did nip it in the butt and a bit in the bud. Um, yeah. I, I really do think that I, I got, I, I did catch it in time. And I'm grateful for that because I remember when I first came in, I was 21 and everyone, everyone was older than me. Everyone was older than me. Yeah. I was the young guy. Yeah. But, but I, man, I got in with these guys and I did exactly what they told me to do. And they were big book thumpers, big time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was like chapter verse. Uh, you, you learn this thing, you read it, you sit down, you shut the fuck up. Yeah. You sh- when you're in the meeting, you share if you're in a discussion meeting, always, you never pass. But, it, but if you don't have anything smart to say, don't say anything. Shut up. Yeah. Just say, "Hey, I'm Jason, and I'm and I'm and I'm happy to be here, and I'll just listen today." But you, but you identify as an alcoholic every time. And I remember, um, I need was 21, and no one was going to tell me anything. But man, this was the one place where um, I didn't have any question. Like I listened to whatever you guys told me to do, and I did it. And and so were you in other in other places in your life? You've didn't listen to anybody and then all of a sudden you landed here or were you a pretty compliance driven person? No, you know, it's funny. You know how they, they they say we fought, we suffer from some hundred forms of fear. Yeah. Um, and I know that I've been very fearful in my life at times, but I got to tell you, man, like I I always had, also had this part of me that was very fearless. And I think it was one of the reasons why I didn't, I had always a problem with authority because I wasn't scared. He's like, well, fuck you. What are you going to do to me? Like, yeah. and I remember getting kicked out of high school for telling the vice principal to go fuck herself. Like mm-hmm. it just really, really stupid things. And I realize now that I, I guess it was just false courage. I don't know what it was, but um, I was never fearful. 
you know, I was, I, but I would turn to anger more. Anger yeah. was always something that, that yeah. was that was an issue that I had. Yeah. And I'll um, scare you away. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh. So I, uh, I was really, you know, I listened cause I was desperate, you know, I wanted things to change. And it was that uh, the minute I walked through those doors and, and I met the, a lot of the guys that I'm still close with today, um, that was it. I never looked back. And all the friends that I had before all started to fall away. Yeah. All of them. Yep. We didn't have anything in common anymore. Uh, they didn't understand why I wanted to stop the party. They didn't understand what I was doing. I remember a couple of them came to meetings and, uh, you know, they tried and, and they, they didn't stick around. And I'm, I'm, most of them are still using today. A couple of them are dead. And I, the, I don't have any contact with any, any of them, you know? Yep. Same um, thing here. You know, uh, you hear those comments, you know, like in clubhouse, people come in, they have these common things, you know, one of them is, you know, well, what about my friends, you know? And yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. And these problems piled up. And I was like, well, my experience is if you just do this, all that takes care of itself. I hear that so much in clubhouse, how people are like, well, you know, um, I'm going to be, I'm going to have no friends and, and, and I have no social life and uh, all the friends. And it's like, man, like if you're, if you want to get better, you're not going to worry about your fucking social life. Yeah. You're just gonna, but, but it's, but it's funny because I had a great social life with my, with my new AA friends because we had a fellowship Yeah. and, and like, I remember on Saturday nights and I remember that Saturday night after that meeting, we all went to this guy, Mike's house and Mike had a, a house right next to the church, like not far from the church. And Mike had, you know, would have 30 or 40 people inside. And every Saturday night he made a massive pot of chili and, and everybody just hung out. And that was the meeting after the meeting. That was yeah. like Rob, that was yeah. like yeah. Rob's meeting. It was exactly that. And it was where everyone shot the shit. You got to know people. There were jokes. It was fun, but it was all based in helping each other. Yeah. You know, if, if no matter how, you know, dark the humor would get and how silly we'd get. If someone was hurting or someone needed some 12 step work, we all, you know, immediately put on that, that yep. sober cap and, yep. and, and went to work. And I'm grateful for that. You know, and I did, this meeting was the, the first people I got sober with. Um, there was a big shift that happened at one point. Cause a lot of these guys were, um, were super strict. Like they all, there was this one meeting I went to where everyone wore these like blue shirts and these certain ties and everyone, <laughs> everybody wore it. It was like this uniform uniform. And it, was, and it was big. Like when I think of it now, like I would never tell somebody to do that. It was kind of goofy and it's almost cult like, but there was this one guy that was like running the meeting and he was like the, and then we all realized about a year and a half later that this guy was insane. Um, and he, he was on a bit of a complex, you know, and, and then he was up to some stupid shit on the side and, so it just shows you how this program can be, it's so powerful, the 12 steps and there's such, and cause it is a program of attraction rather than promotion. It can be very attractive. So a lot of people that are coming that are desperate can fall into the wrong, you know, it, it's a very powerful set of tools that we have mm -hmm. and in the wrong hands, it could be very, it can, it, it can be very destructive if, if the powers wielded the wrong way. Um, so I, I was, I was really lucky in recovery that a lot of the people that I did get sober with kind of broke away from that and realized that this guy was a little bit of a nutbag. Yeah. And, uh, and then we, you know, we all kind of adjusted and, but we all stayed sober and we all really, really took our recovery seriously. And, 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 you know, I tell people that, that are in recovery or that try AA, 
like if you're not if you haven't done the steps and you haven't read the big book then you're not doing aa like i don't know what you're doing it's nice that you're here but you're not doing the work and if you don't put the work in you're not going to get the results yeah yeah so i got a little joke about a friend that got me one day and he was talking about some other meeting around downtown across town and he said uh you know he was kept on saying you know it's this bb meeting they're doing this bb this bb you know and i i don't know and i'm so i'm thinking he's saying big book you know for a little bit but then i start realizing that is not what he's saying so i finally said you know hey man what 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 is bb and he said i ain't exactly sure but it ain't aa <laughs> that's amazing that's was, amazing he led me and led me and it was a good a good way to look at it you know uh man there's a you know and there's a lot of ways to do aa right too you know uh yeah that's what is. i do see sometimes is the, the thing about people like you know the same kind of judgment that is everywhere in the world about you know that group is not doing aa right you know, uh, and, and of course, if you're a newcomer and you're trying to get your feet wet in this and you step into some of that someplace, man, oh, uh, it'll most turn people you to be like, Oh no, man, uh, well, done there. Well, and all it has to be is one little taste of that. Yep. And that, and, and, and couple that with the fact that most of these people have, uh, an ailment or a disease that wants them to look the other way. Yep. Like I, you don't want to get better. You want to stay here with me. Yep. I'm not letting you go. So, it's funny how uh, what I've, my experience on Clubhouse has been a really interesting one because what I'm noticing is that the sober people are sharing from a place of love, um, but at the same time, we're carrying our message because that's what we do. And it's funny to see how a lot of people are opening up and saying, you know, I'm listening to a lot of you guys and this isn't the AA that I thought it was. Right, like yeah. AA, I went to a couple of AA meetings, some guy... You know, some guy grabbed my ass. One guy asked me for my phone number or, or, you know, one guy told me to fuck off and I never went back to AA. But it's like, well, listen, I, I went to a couple of meetings that I hated too and I never went back and I found my people. And that's the same thing. And, and, and I think what is incredible about Clubhouse is that, you know, you could be where you are. I could be in Canada. Uh, Rob can be in Colorado. We could get a guy that's in Denmark. We can get a guy that's in England. But we get the best people, you know, that, 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 that have this, you know, these, like, they used to call it pockets of enthusiasm all over the place. Yeah. And you get these pockets of enthusiasm that can come together on a platform and share all this knowledge, but still fall under the umbrella of, you know, of 12 step recovery. It's amazing. It's powerful. Yeah. yeah. And if some new guy comes in there with a bunch of us, it's like, it's like putting together a dream team. Yeah, it you know, is. it's like, it's like your right. fantasy, it's like your fantasy football league, you know, right. Yeah. I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to get fucking, you know, I'm going to have uh, this guy and I'm going to get Walter Payton's going to be my running back. And I'm going to, yeah. and it's like, you know, and, and, and you just put all these people together and it's, it's, that's what I think is amazing about it. it and is I think very powerful. And if you get a new guy that comes into that situation, wow. And I'm noticing there's a couple of people like Nick, um, you know, mm -hmm. uh, he's the writer. He's starting to like go through the steps and he told me he got a sponsor and, um, and he's super curious and he's got 20, He's got 24, 25 days. He had eight months before, but I can tell the way he's talking that he really wants it this time. And it's because yep. he's hanging around he's hearing people that are, and, and it's, it's, it's fun to see that, that that's what I, that what I love to see. And that's what I think is a really powerful tool with clubhouse. Yep. Yeah. I'm lucky to be in a part in a men's group. That's like, has that superstar kind of attraction thing going mm. on, you know? So when people come into that meeting, uh, one or two things that they either like, generally they're either like, <sighs> 
man, yeah. this is not like anything I've ever, this is not what I thought AA was going to be or right. that, that element in us takes them. Boom. They say, yeah. uh, where's the restroom? Oh, yeah. And uh, you sit so right down the hallway and they go, and they're, they're gone, gone forever, man. Yeah. And, uh, who well, to see again? and they weren't ready. And, and yeah. it's, and that's what they say. They even say it, you know, you might not be ready. Go try some controlled drinking, you know, uh -huh. and, and that's okay. And I, and I, you know, I used to, I used to try to keep people in and tell them not to leave and, you know, you got, don't, you know, don't leave till the miracle happens and all that stuff. But Hey man, I, I, sometimes you're just not ready. And yeah. some of the people that I respect the most in sobriety took four or five years before they got it. I, I believe Me. it, you, you know, uh, I, and I, and I, and I remember hearing those stories when I got it, when I came in and I remember that was the, the, the healthy fear that I had. I said, cause they used to tell me, you know, if you don't, if you don't get, it's a, it's a gift the first time and every other time after that, you're going to have to work for it. Hmm. And I remember me saying, yeah, that's really good. Well, I got it now. I got it. And I don't want to fucking work harder. So I'm good. I mean, I'm going to hold on to it. And it was drinking, drinking terrifies me. Using terrifies me. I don't ever want to do that, you know, and I don't have a desire to, it's not like I'm white yeah. knuckling. Right. But, right. But, but I, but I know, I mean, I know people that beat themselves up and, I never went into, I, I never looked at AA as, um, it, 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 to me, it was like, this is where I need to be. I can't mm -hmm. be anywhere else. Yeah. yeah. Our, our home group, when people come in and we welcome them, we say, welcome home. Yeah. Uh, you know, just that, that, and, and yeah. guys get it too. Yeah. Uh, you'd, uh, you'd, you'd tripped a couple of things, but, uh, I, uh, I stumbled over them. I, uh, the journey stuff, you know, I, I, I had four years between my first AA meeting and my current sobriety date right? and stumbled and tripped and did all that, you know, and I remember going into meetings and having older dudes tell me, just get out of here. You ain't ready. There ain't no sense in you even being here, you know, and I, yeah. and I, and, and I never went back there again, you know, whether right. I should yeah. or not. Uh, and then I landed, you know, whatever happened, just like that, just like that thought that come onto <clears> your mind that said, call AA and you really didn't, I mean, where's that come from? Right. Uh, I got led to this meeting and, and I didn't even want to go to this meeting. There was some, some guy had been telling me about this meeting and I didn't want to, because if it's not my idea, it's not a good idea. And, uh, yeah. and, but I went one night when I was desperate enough and I needed something. And I said, Hey man, is that meeting tonight? And when I walked in there, it was like the, everything shifted that night. I was hearing yeah. dudes talk a brand of recovery I could get with, you know, yeah. uh, and, and, and I mean, I instantly, and I really wanted to be, you know, I wanted that then. And, and the deal, you know, I got ready, you know, I had a lot yeah. of circumstances and stuff creating me to help me be ready, but that, uh, energy, I just found what I needed one night. And yeah. so I tried to, you know, what I, where I'm going with this is I can find myself getting a little judgmental with these people who do bounce, you know, that, that won't yeah. get it and won't, da, 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 but you know, then I turn around and go, you big dummy, you did the exact same thing. You know, you can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know. I, I think, I think what it is, is that there's a part of me that just wants to save them the trouble. Yeah. Oh man, like I can save you. But then again, I, you know, I can save you the trouble. Sounds like I can save you. Yeah. Right. I, I can't save anyone, you know, yeah, right. Yeah. I can tell you what I did, but, but it, it really is like, I'm seeing it on clubhouse, the attraction rather than the promotion part. I'm really seeing the attraction in work, like in, in, in play. Like I'm yep. really seeing how some people are getting more like, you know, Natalie, the lady who puts, who put it together, she's never done the steps. She's not an AA person, and mm -hmm. she's, you know, but she sounds more and more curious. And, and I can tell by her share 
I want to hear her share that she something happened to her in AA. She just like she probably you know got a real bad taste of something happened. You know? Yeah, I've heard her share a little bit about some specifics on that, and I can totally understand where she's coming from. But uh, I also know that this disease will do anything to keep you from doing this stuff. Yes, and the other thing too is that I know that you know when it comes to to genders like male, female, and mm-hmm. and I know and I know that it goes deeper than that now. There's yep. like more than that. This you know people identify as how they identify, but for me, you know whatever gender you're sexually attracted to, you should not be working program with that gender. Do you see what I'm saying? I get you. Like, like men, and I'm just talking in traditional terms, men yep. should be working with the men and the women should yep. be working with for the women. very obvious reasons yes. why there can be complications in that. And, and I was talking to a guy yesterday on clubhouse, uh, a gay guy who was telling me, he goes, I would go in and I would, I would choose my sponsor as who's the cutest guy. And I, and I, and I remember laughing with him and he told me that, and then I found this big old butchy woman that was just like, so like tough and rough. And, and, and I asked her to be my sponsor and it, you know, but it, cause it's true. Like you can't, it, it, it's very difficult to work with somebody that there could be that kind of, you know, like it's the, the whole 13 stepping thing. It's like, mm-hmm. it's just, and, and I think it's important. And I know in our groups, we would always watch out for that. Like if someone would come in a new guy and he would start talking to some of the younger girls, we'd be like, we'd set them straight. You know, we'd say, hey, hey, this, this isn't a place for that, you know? Yeah. Um, and, 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 and even though we really don't have any opinion on that, um, but we would just do it as a courtesy. It was like, listen, this, you know, and until you and got you a can year, say my experience, our experience with this. Yeah. And if you have a solid group that you're like in all in cahoots, kind of like a group conscious thing going sure, on, exactly. uh, you can absolutely bring that stuff to the table. One that yeah. y'all have clubs, sobriety clubs and that kind of stuff. Like we have, um, well, uh, we, we, token clubs is the name of them around here where they meet and you really don't have any. Like it's like a club. Like it's, it's like a cl- it's like a clubhouse kind of thing. Like yeah. it's open twenty four hours. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have. I, I remember seeing those for the first time in the U.S. We don't have any here. Yeah. Um, but well, that's where a lot of that act behavior ends up. I see that more in those places than I do in well, yeah. like private it, meetings. It, you know, listen, and it, it's 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 human nature. Yep. It people is. People are gonna want to hook up. You know. I mean, yep. hell, and I you know, had. I put down a drink, man. I need something else to fill that hole, man. And she looks yeah. like she might be able to do that for me. <laughs> exactly. And then, you know, I remember they would tell us like, you know, don't, don't, don't date it. But a lot of people would get married that met each other in the program, but they, you know, they would say like, look, wait, at least till you got a year, yep. Yep. you know, wait, wait a bit. Like if she's new, wait till she's a little, you know, so some people would wait, they'd get to know each other. And in a way it was kind of cool. Like people got to know each other more. Feels yeah, like my- there's a door. Give me one sec, okay? Yeah. I think there's a door open in my house. It's freezing. One sec. Check it out. Yeah, I'm going to go check. fuck it was so fucking cold in here um my wife went to take the dog for a walk and i guess it's so windy out that the door blew open oh wow and i felt it right away i'm like fuck it's I saw, crazy. I, yeah, it like i could kind of see this you was kind of like 
Yeah, I'm like, I'm feeling, I'm like, something is not right here. What the fuck? No, because because it, it it's okay. It's cold today here. Like it's it was mild yesterday. Like stuff was starting to melt. Yeah, and it went down like 20 degrees. Like it's minus 17. Oh wow, Celsius here. Yeah. So it's colder than balls, man. Yeah, yeah, that is really really yeah. cold. It's fucking disgusting. So yeah. Anyways, yeah. go ahead. Sorry, but you kind of gotten used to that. I mean. You don't really ever have hot, right? I mean, it gets warm in the summer, but oh, the summer it gets can get really, really warm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we have four seasons here. Like we really have Do four you? seasons. Yeah, I can't imagine how that would be. Uh, yeah, oh, I say that about our area here. You yeah. know, Middle America. You know, I'm I'm about the same distance from Canada as I am from Florida. Right, and, right. Uh, and we uh, we we really do get like full four. You know, like almost like uh, three months worth of each season. Yeah, you know? we get we we get a bit more of winter, but. We get a, no, no, we've get, we, we get, you know, the leaves cut, the color changes. We get all that. So yeah, yeah. we, we get it all here. So uh, it's not, it's, it's not but, just fro- it's frozen, not the frozen, the tart, no. the, the Arctic, the tundra. Uh, it's not, it's not game of Thrones. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. So the sober clubhouses and yeah, you're right. Like all that stuff, all that behavior would happen usually in the meeting after the meeting, you know, like, yeah. that's where, that's where that stuff could develop. And, and, you know, I think it was, it's more, you know, if you, if you get to know somebody and you actually start to develop feelings for them and, and you get to know each other, I mean, it happens and, and people would, but it was always, especially new people, you know, like if some, if, if a girl yeah. would join, if a join, girl would be in the group for like six months and, you know, and you get to know her, then, you know, <clears throat> people would kind of let it go. But at the, like when a new girl yeah. would come in and guys would just pounce on her, it'd be like, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah. First off, you're going to run her off, you know, and that's exactly, exactly what we're not wanting here. And, and it, you're not going to, you know, yeah. you're not going to develop some kind of meaningful relationship with this girl who's walking in here trying to get sober. That's, you know, there's, yeah. that's just not, that just, that equation doesn't work out. It's yeah. uh, the worst case of that is if uh, one goes to treatment and you're trying to pick up girls in treatment. Oh. You know, uh, it's, it's, uh, but you know, early days in recovery are not a lot different than that dynamic. Uh, it's, you're right. Now the and girl it, I'm dating right now, uh, I actually had her. I, I I remember seeing her uh, around town whenever I was first getting sober, and she was married, and there was no, you know, I didn't have any kind of. I just remember seeing her. She had that, you know, when you see people in recovery that have what you want kind of thing. These people yeah. look like they're having fun doing this. I've been attracted to those kind of people, uh, yeah. but I didn't, you know, I wrote her off. But then I saw her uh, on Facebook uh, about eight months ago or so, and uh, and I saw her you know, doing recovery the way that I would like to have recovery represented on my podcast. Right. I had no ulterior motives whatsoever. Cause I can't be creepy podcast guy, you know, and I'm not, you know, yeah. but, but I want to also, when I first started doing this podcast, I was super uh, male. Cause I was having all my buddies on, yeah. you know, and I wasn't getting yeah. a feminine voice in here at all, you know? So I was actually making a, a effort to try to get some female voices on my, on my podcast. Yeah. And so I saw she had, you know, she was demonstrating awesome stuff and I had her on the podcast, you know, and then a couple of days after the podcast, she sent me a text saying something about, uh, like what I was putting out there. Won't we, uh, would you want to explore that a little bit? And I said, sure. So we just started <laughs> seeing each other here and there. Yeah. So check us out, you know, and I, and I know that a lot of people will balk at this, 
but it got to this point where she said, uh, I want to go through this work because my sponsor ha has a particular way of going through the work. Everybody, you know, there's these different ways, right? There's no one right. single way that's right. Uh, and this is, seems to be a really powerful, I watch it work for a lot of people. And this girl wanted that. And uh, so I, she asked me if I would take her through the work. Now right. we're obviously having some chemical attraction at the same time. Uh, and that's going on. And I talked to my sponsor about it and we did it uh, and we set up some boundaries and we said, all right, I said, I will take you through this work, but we can't like go anywhere with this relationship until then. You know, I right. can't work. I can't, we can't be sitting here having an intimate relationship and me doing this. Right. So we put the brakes on everything, set it aside. I took her through these steps the way we do it, you know, and, but she's 11 years sober. Right. right. She's not, she's not a newcomer. She's just yeah, a new yeah, path no, no. through the work. Sure. Sure. And then when she got done with that, you know, and here it is eight months later and we're still dating and doing great. And she's the best of, you know, awesome support. And, and, uh, you know, but you, you know, it, it's the thing is, listen, I, I had, um, I wouldn't recommend this. <laughs> I had to, I had, okay. So my wife, um, I've been with my wife for 11, 11 and a bit years, but my kids are with somebody else. Oh. And, and it's a girl that I met in an AA meeting, but I didn't meet her in an AA meeting. She ended up coming with a guy that I was sponsoring. She came to one of my band shows and my, one of the guys I was sponsoring brought her. So that was mm. the first time I met her. And a year later, I, cause I was touring all the time. I was back in Montreal and I went to a meeting and I saw her and I was like, Oh yeah, I remember we met. So technically I knew her from AA. You know, and she was in, and I, and, but our recovery never like, you know, it was like, we weren't in the same, yeah. but, but, you know, I know I a lot of couples around real successful couples around town here. Well, that well, we, they stay out of each other's program. They're married. Sure, they sure. met here. They, oh, do yeah, that. Yeah. they also have their separate stuff and they're making Absolutely. it work real well. And yeah, then yeah. I, know, and, I see some other couples that are always together at meetings, you know, and they yeah. seem to be making it work too, you know? And yeah, <clears> like I, I, her and I, obviously we're not together, but you know, we had two kids together and uh, it was never, um, I remember my sponsor saying, I was saying, hey, let's go to this meeting tonight. And, and, and I remember he was like, me this now he's like, I never understood why you wanted to take this meeting. And then I saw that girl sitting in the two rows in front of you. And then I was like, ah, now I fucking know why you brought me to this meeting. And now I know why we're here. Right. So, yep. uh, but you know, cause I was so young when I got into the program, um, I, naturally my i went there a couple of times and i got set straight really fast yeah, really yeah. fast and i remember I, and in all the time i was in recovery you know i remember i hooked up with another girl in recovery it was like when things were starting to right before i met my wife maybe a year before i went, met my wife things with my the mother of my kids were really really bad and um and there was a girl that was going to my meeting and i remember hooking up with her and um and feeling really bad about it because, you know, I had a lot of sobriety and she had some sobriety too, but I remember the word got out to the group and, and I felt really bad. Like yeah. I was like, I, you're not supposed to do this. You know, better. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of took it in stride, but I, I never really went back to the meeting um, because of, I, I was right at the time where I got into radio and my, my, my home group that I used to be able to go to every Friday night, I couldn't go to anymore because my radio show was seven to midnight and my home group is at seven 30 on Friday nights. So I never really went back to the group much and it all kind of felt happened the right time. And I go back there now every year to take my cake and stuff. And, um, but it was like just a weird time. And I remember saying to myself, like, 
man, you know, you shouldn't be doing this, yeah. you know? Um, so I think that's some of the things that recovery <clears throat> with recovery. I began to like, <clears throat> the fact was when I was doing the stuff I wasn't supposed to be doing, there yeah. was always a little voice inside there that was telling me, Dan, you probably yeah. ought not be doing this. And, and, but and I didn't it, listen to it then, you know, well, and, and, that's, and now and, I've learned to actually follow it. And it's yeah. actually a very reliable thing that'll say, hey, don't walk down that street right now. And I'll go, okay, yeah. I'm not going to walk down that street right now. Well, that, that and that's my higher power. Yep, like that, to me, you know, when people ask me, what's your definition of your higher power? It's a voice inside me that knows right from wrong. And it's whether I wish, you know, I choose to listen to it or not. So that's, that's my definition of higher power. When people ask me, you know, it's that voice inside my head that knows right from wrong. Yeah. Yep. Simple as that. It can certainly can be. And I can call it, and I can call it God, you know, and it's okay. And cause I, you know, I'm not a religious person. I'm a spiritual person, but I, a lot of people get chased off because of the whole God thing. I mean, we all know that. Well, one of the things I like to say, and I, I was, this was taught to me too, that, well, and I remember this being the truth because when I came into AA, I kept on hearing them talking about this spiritual sickness and a spiritual malady. And yeah. what I thought they were telling me was I wasn't going to church enough or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. plugged into a religion solidly enough. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, the, the, a lot of people you hear over and over again, including me, uh, some things weren't adding up in the religious realms for me. You know, I couldn't understand how they could be right and they could be right. And with, you know, and, like yeah. I felt like I had to pick one, you know. Here's all yeah. your choices: A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. Pick one. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I felt like that's what I was uh, what I was looking at. So therefore, I put I picked none. Right. right. I'm like, nope, not going to pick any of them. So what I come to find is that when we say it was a spiritual sickness, you know, my actual spirit, this thing that's inside of me, had gotten ill. You know, yeah. my spirit, the very spirit that is Dan, that makes Jason Jason, that makes Lisa Lisa. Yeah. Uh, it, it got sick. And, you know, and that's what we're trying to come here and heal is get my actual inner spirit healed. So therefore I don't have to pour this stuff in me anymore in order to be okay. Uh, Cause that was ultimately the root of my problem is that I could not be okay. Just being Dan. Well, you know what? I I think you and I are on the same wavelength with all that stuff. Cause you know, like when I tell you my earliest memory of being an alcoholic, that's, that's exactly it. You know, being uncomfortable until I found that drink that made me comfortable. Yep. And it was like a magic potion. I was like, wow. Yep. yep. The I could talk, key. I could talk to girls. I can, I can, you know, I can go to a party and not feel weird. I can have fun. It's like, I can dance. Yeah. I can do all that. <laughs> exactly. All that goofy stuff, you know? And, um, but man, it, it got, it got ugly real quick, real yeah. quick. Well, you know, in your, uh, your story is, uh, Bill, Bill Wilson in one of his writings someplace talked about raising the bottom up, you know, that where, you yeah. know, you don't see so you that so that so that the proverbial you, the universal you may not have to go as far down as some of us yeah. went. I mean, and so I'm tickled pink whenever I get with some, you know, some 20 year old, you know, or just throw, you know, tw- in their 20s lands in my meeting and are looking to get sober i'm like yeah man you are my man let me have you uh we can you can do something with this man you can actually have this life you could never believe and you can get a hold of this now or you can go back out there like i did because my first AA means i had a dui when i was 16 i got another one when i was 19 they court ordered me to aa on both of them Uh, i was nowhere in the ballpark of being ready you know and so i landed my first AA meeting in my 40s you know, wow, some, yeah. you know, or my next one, you know, uh, when I, I say that 
2011 was my first AA meeting. It really wasn't. It was the first AA meeting I went to like with a third tradition in my pocket where I was actually had a desire to stop. Right. Uh, right. So when I went to that one, you know, so I was like, man, you can, or you buddy, if you want to, and I'll tell you my experience, you can go back out there and things can get you know, a lot worse for you. And, and then you can come back later it, on if you want. It, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's funny because for, for the longest time, I, you know, not the longest time, but for, for a while there was, you know, there was people that, and, and people that I love in sobriety to this day that I remember would say, you know, you're, you're young, you, you, like you're, you know, it's nice that you came here, but you might not be really an alcoholic, but it doesn't matter. Like you're, you're, and it's funny cause I'll see them now and they'll be like, no, you're a fucking alcoholic. You just, <laughs> you're really lucky to come in as young as you did. And I, yeah. and, and I listen, there is not one part of my being that doubts my decision. Yep. Right. Cause I see how my disease comes up in other parts of my life. Right. Like the disease of more, like yeah. all that stuff. Like, yeah. You to like it. witness this progression of the disease, but not be loaded. You know, you can see that yeah. these same things oh, are happening yeah. to you, but I'm yeah, not like, the, you know, like the, you know, the, the word alcoholism, you know, you take the alcohol out, you still have the isms. That's yep. what we work on. Cause I'm not going to drink again. Like I'm not like knock on wood, but I'm not, I, that decision is non-negotiable, yep. but, but I'll fucking burn the house down around yep. me and everything else. Yeah. But I'll still sit there and go, I didn't drink. You yep. Know? Yep. So well, I'm that, still that's what, that's what I got to work on. Right. And that's what, that's what I, that's ultimately on. too, what this program has found been for me is a way of doing life, you know, uh, that I really didn't have any way of doing life that was working for me. You know, some people out there find that the organized religions are a way for them to do life, Yeah, you know, in a successful way. And, and, uh, one of my favorite jokes that I heard somebody say in the rooms is, I don't know if it was the second or third grade when they were handing out the book on how to do life, the guidebook on how to do life, but I must've been absent that day. Uh, cause I felt like I, I never yeah. got it, you know, and what yeah. I did instead is I looked at my peers for how to do things yeah. and, you know, that, that can work good, but I kept on looking, you know, I was looking at the wrong peers for how to do it. Well, it, it can, it can <laughs> and, work out well, depending who your peers are, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so like that thing, I've turned it around now and now I look at my peers on how to do life and it's a positive, uh, you know, cause it's my yeah. brothers in recovery here. And well, and that's it. It's, it's, um, it's, it's a beautiful thing when we find, you know, like-minded people that want to, that want to travel that road together. It's nice. It's a good thing. And, and I think that is the one positive thing out of this whole pandemic. You know, um, I never thought to bring my program online ever. Um, and because of that, my program was suffering, you know, I was sober, um, you know, cause I have all the time. It's great for me, you know, like I'm all, you know, I walk into a room and I tell people my sobriety date right away. It's like, whoa, you know, like you get the respect, you get that. Yeah. <gasps> but I know how I feel inside my skin. And it's like, I'm a fucking, you know, I'm a con, a con artist. Like I can con anyone into anything if I really want to. That's just, the, you know, that's, a, that's, we have that some of us, yep. you know, yep. and, but the, this whole pandemic is, it really started with, uh, a, a buddy of mine who I, I knew from the music days asked me to share at his zoom meeting that he does his men's meeting on Wednesdays. He said, he said, Hey, I'd really like you to share, you know, um, he had, he had just gotten a cake and um, he just posted online how he had a 17 year chip or, or maybe it was 18. And he was a guy that I knew from my touring days and we, our bands toured together and he was a mess when we were touring, you know, like that whole band was just a disaster. Um, and I had seen on Facebook that he was sober. So I wrote back, I wrote to him and said, man, I'm so proud of you. That's amazing. And, and I said, you know, I've, I got 28 years and 
you know, that's, that's awesome. And he said, really? He goes, we, would you want to speak at my men's meeting on Zoom? And I was like, absolutely. Like, I always say yes if I, yeah, I right, to get yeah. to speak. But I was having a hard time making connections because of everything that was going on, you know? It was just that everything was closed down. It was just, it was just a mess. Um, and I, my recovery needed like the booster cables, you know, I needed yep. like, my battery needed a jump start. Um, and that really started it. I spoke at this meeting on zoom. I loved the group. Um, it was guys from all over the U S different parts, you know, a couple of guys in Florida, a couple of guys in LA, a couple of guys in Detroit. Like it was just this group of guys and I just love the vibe. So I said to my friend, I said, Hey Brett, do you think I could come back? next week he goes absolutely we'd love to have you and so i went back and then i kept asking for the zoom link and i kept asking for the zoom link and then i've been doing that meeting for a few months now maybe well a while a few months every and i, and I, and I will not miss it it's my and in my mind it's my new home group your home group yeah so i was already feeling the effects of being connected again and and yep. you know i always have guys that i'm working with you know i got a guy i've been sponsoring for the same amount of time i've been sober we, we came up together he's like my best friend now so I always have him. We just did the for his for a new four step with him right after Christmas. Like so, I'm always like I'm always you know, and people know because I'm sober. I always get people coming to me. Oh, could you talk to my son? And it, it's always in my life. It's part of me. But that meeting plus Clubhouse has gotten me right plugged back in, right where I need yeah. to be. Yeah. And and I realized like I man, you're fucking 28 years sober. You've got a great foundation. For you not to be sharing this shit is a crime. Like what are you yep. doing? You That's know? the way I feel about it too. Being yeah. given a gift, and if I don't yeah. keep it, you know, well, there's one of the lines in a big book. It says that you know it's a limitless load as long as I continue to mine it the rest of my life and be and give it all away. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Uh, and it is. I feel the same way. Like that that responsibility statement they have in AA. You know that I do. I feel responsible to be having this thing sitting out here, and it's one of the reasons why I don't hold my anonymity close. Yeah. Uh, you know, and of course, when I started doing this podcast, my, you know, I, I just blew my anonymity out of the window right. if I ever had any, but uh, I don't worry about it. And it's another thing that, you know, hardcore uh, traditionalists uh, have uh, declined to come on a podcast because they put it under the film, radio and press kind of umbrella. Yeah. And, you know, I'm like, Listen, uh, I, I, you know, I, to I, each their own, no problem, you know, yeah. but I'm like, I think those are a little antiquated to be honest. Uh, well, you know, I, I work in, I work in radio. Um, uh, do I get on air and talk about AA? No, no. H have I done, um, have I done voice ads for intergroup in, in Canada and like Montreal? Like I've done ads for CA, like let my voice, not like I'm Jason Rockman, but I've voiced these ads for people for free. Like I've done service for some of these 12 step groups yeah. on, on radio that uh -huh. you recognize that my voice, but listen, this is a serious fucking disease. You know, um, I'm not worried about my fucking anonymity. Like I won't break your anonymity. Right. That's for exactly. sure. I protect this with all I got. And that's what it comes down to for me. Yep. I'll share my story, but I know that you're not going to go share my story unless right. we're with, an, you know, it's like, Hey, are you a friend of Bill? Are you a friend of Bill W? Bill, you know, are you a friend of Bill of Bob's? Oh, you are. Oh, okay. Hey, then I'll tell you everything. Yep. Yeah, you know? and I do like protecting it. Don't get me wrong. Don't, don't think that I'm saying that the traditions yeah. are need to be flushed down a toilet. No, I don't, I don't no, 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 absolutely not. But, no. but, but time will cause 
changes and you know and and they're having a real and if you want to have a real rigid feeling on that i am okay with it but absolutely uh, i don't think it means exactly what it meant in the beginning when they were all concerned about their jobs about being alcoholics and you know it had a whole different stigma and i try to carry it in the way too you know where i'm not saying aa when I, i will tell you i'm sober yeah. You know, that's not that's a break it. of anything, you know, well, and if you want to know, you know how I got sober, then me and you can have a talk and I'll yep. tell you how I got sober. But Look, I, I have no problem telling people how I got sober. Yep. Um, I have no problem talking about my program. Um, and I'll say, listen, it's a great program. If you listen, if you're interested in learning about how I got sober, I'll be more than happy to show you. Yep. I got I used Alcoholics Anonymous um, and their steps. And I mean, anybody knows that there's steps and everybody knows about Alcoholics Anonymous now. And yep. steps and all that. I mean, it's yep. just, it's part of pop culture. So yep. Bill the, said the that too, world, you know, he gave it to the world, you know, it came, yeah. what, he never felt that it was for AA only. It was no. for so, so anybody that wanted to use them. But I think, yes, the, 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 the whole stigma around alcoholics is not what it used to be. So I don't think there's that stink that there used to be on alcoholics. And no. I mean, man, you know, I don't think there were rehabs when he wrote that book. I mean, right. No. Well, just, insane asylums. That's what I need. So, you know, there wasn't the, these beautiful, you know, like retreats and all this shit. Like, no, yeah, none of that yeah. stuff existed. So, yeah, if you were labeled a drunk, um, and especially if you were labeled a drunk, how people thought drunks were back then that were fall off the bar stool drunks, you know, like, yeah, no one wanted a drunk working for them and it could cost you your job. So I yeah. get it. Yeah. But times have changed a little bit. And I know it's a slippery slope because I never want to talk against you know, the book or, or the traditions or any of that stuff, because I really do believe none of that shit, shit should be changed. You know? Yep. 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 I don't, but, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask for any of it to be changed. Like officially no, there'd be, no. yeah, that's uh the other little thing about that tradition is, is that, you know, there was that in the story that's in the 12 and 12 is about somebody who goes back out mm-hmm. and they're talking to AA and by you going back out, you've kind of, uh, you know, uh, ruined AA because it, you know, you, you know what I mean? That little, yeah. that story about, you know, if I was to talk about AA and then I go back out, well, then every, that gives all these people a reason to doubt AA. Right. Uh, right. I yeah. don't think, uh, I think we're past that now, you know, yeah. the, uh, the millions of people using this program and doing it to, uh, my slip is not going to <laughs> take, no. take the wheels out from underneath of the 12 no, step process. God. And, I mean, and you know, it's, I can understand that then, you know, when this thing was first getting and going, I can understand them having that concern early on. And and it's funny because I, you know, I mentioned that I fell in with this group now that I do on Zoom, but there was a, uh, uh, there's another group that I, I was asked to speak at that I really wanted to be a part of. Um, And they loved what I had to say. And, and, and after I messaged, I messaged uh, the guy and I was like, man, I would really love to to come back to this group. Like, I really like the zoom meeting and everything. And he's like, yeah, he goes, you know, uh, I don't know if we could have you as a regular member of the group because of what you do. And I was like, but I have more, probably more sobriety than everybody in that group put together. Uh He's like, yeah, but they might feel a little uncomfortable because of some high profile people. And I was like, all right, I respect that. You know? Yep. There was okay. a meeting up here uh, that that met that I got invited to once that was put together by some doctors and lawyers in town and we're kind of a small town thing here mm-hmm. and they wanted to have a place to meet you know it kind of it ended up evolving because they invited 
sponsees and you know and then it all went away but the way it was started was a safe place for those people to be because they didn't want it out into the community but yet they still needed the support so you like, know, I, there's all I, kinds I, of ways to do this thing that will work for you and yeah um, i mean i i remember my sponsor um my sponsors my sponsor's name is peter and and uh and, you know we don't even talk that much anymore but i know if i have an issue i can call him but hmm. he'll tell me the same thing he'll be like it's not about who your sponsor is it's who you're sponsoring yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially, especially at this point in the game. But I remember I, we're both cigar smokers, and and I remember we said let's start a cigar smokers meeting. You know, where we'll all sit and we'll have cigars and we'll go over stuff, but we'll do it in a cigar lounge. And he's like, "Yeah, but if we do that, we're alienating somebody. Yeah. Like, what if somebody wants to come to our meeting but they don't smoke cigars?" And I'm like, "Fuck, you have to fucking ruin everything." Like, yeah. and he's like, "No, that's goofy." He goes, "Let's just get together and have a cigar, yeah, and we right. can we'll talk about do it. it. We just don't have to put the umbrella over yeah. it." But well, I remember. Our home group has been having because people are having face-to-face meetings and and in yeah. this particular area, I mean, we did close down for a little while, but it's not been that strict here. Right. Uh, and uh, and there's a lot of home group members that want to start meeting face to face, but we have some people who are not comfortable with it yet. Sure. And uh, you know, so we had to have a group meeting, and you know, and I was really proud of the group. Said, you know, rather than going to meeting and then leaving these few out that either we have one gentleman who is in a physical rehab place. He's yeah. his body's falling apart on him and he's been able to come back to meetings because of this, you know, right. otherwise he couldn't. Right. Uh, and, and we'd be, if we go back to face to face right now, we're going to be leaving some people behind and the yeah. group decided to not do that and just continue on the zoom in order that we can keep the. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, I got to tell you, man, that zoom meeting that I do, you know, it's so nice to be able to just sit back and, and be here. And, and, and again, like I look at it as like these apps allow people to connect with whoever is like-minded in any part of the world. So it, it, it's kind of like when, you know, I've shared this a few times. It's kind of like when you're in a home group that you go to and you love everybody there, but then an out-of-town speaker comes for an anniversary or something and blows everybody away. And they're like, wow. I love that guy from Chicago. He's great. And then you realize that this is a great group in Chicago. So well, if I ever go to Chicago, I'll go to that meeting. You never go. Right. Yeah. But this is a chance to get all these people together. And it's almost like you're putting together like the sobriety Avengers, yeah. you know, it's yep. like, and you get all the best of the best that have this great message and you put them all together. It's like so powerful. So I yeah. kind of like, I kind of like this format because I can get out. Like I've got a friend who, I got clean with, um, is he was from Oklahoma. We call him Oklahoma John, even though he lives in Dallas now. Um, and, but, and he, and this guy sometimes lived in San Diego, but he was always Oklahoma John. We have a Jersey Joe here that yeah, has been in Jersey for a long time. Yeah. Well, there you go. So, so <laughs> Oklahoma John, like I'd love to sit and have a meeting with Oklahoma John and a few other people that moved away that were part of my original group. We could all sit down and do this. You could now. do it. So going back to face-to-face meetings, yeah, I'll do it. But for a guy like me who wasn't able to go to face-to-face meetings because my fucking night schedule at work, I'm going to be doing more of this. Yeah. And and I find Clubhouse too. Once we fine tune it and get some people, you know, kind of weed out the, uh, you know, the, and I don't want to take anybody's in, but you know, weed out a few of the be people. Be careful because some clubhouse people might be listening. And to I, this. and I, and I have nothing to hide because I've shared it before. Like I respect all pathways a hundred percent, but I think it'll be really nice when we can go off into a closed meeting 
and use the open clubhouse meetings to maybe grab some people that say, hey, yeah, yeah. you know, Jason, I love what you shared about the steps. I'd like to work on some of these things. Could we do it? Absolutely. We're going to start a closed meeting with, you know, 15 other guys. And we're going to do this every week where we're going to talk about a step. That's what I'm excited about because Karen's having a step meeting on Sunday nights. Now I think, I think it's directly after mine. Uh, And I was trying to be in it the other day, but the other, the flip side of that is that I keep on getting, um, I sponsor a lot of people and I got a lot of people contacting me on the side and I constantly get phone calls and I got to take those phone calls rather than say, I know the other day I was a little bit antsy. I was like, I just wanted to get back in the clubhouse meeting and this new guy's calling me. And I'm like, that is not the right, I, I, that's not the right energy, Dan. Uh, yeah. But, uh, and, and, and it's funny. Cause I, yesterday I was at work and, uh, at night and a clubhouse meeting had said, uh, so-and-so has, uh, just joined clubhouse join him, join him in his welcome room, you know? And so, and it was a guy that I helped get clean in, in California that has become a really strong member of AA and he's works a really strong program. And he's one of those guys that was in that meeting that I kind of was hoping I could be a part of, but they were feeling a bit weird about it, but he got on the clubhouse and then a bunch of people got on that were waiting for him to come onto this room, this welcome room. So there was four other people and I was like, Hey, nice to meet you. Where are you from? Oh yeah. So, you know, him too. And he was like, yeah, I know him too. And, uh, how do you know him? And, they, and then one guy, one guy said, well, I know him. And then everybody, nobody really wanted to know where they knew him from. And then one guy said, well, I got sober. I was like, oh, you're a sober guy. And this guy goes, me too, me too. And I, then I, at one point I said, are you guys friends of Bill and Bob? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. okay so then we it. all started sharing. Yeah. And then he came on and, and then we all started shooting the shit. And then a couple of people that were on Clubhouse with me came on. And I was like, oh, you know him too. And so... And I was happy because I've wanted to get some of these people on the clubhouse, but I know they're so fucking precious about their anonymity that I didn't want to turn anyone off. So they're starting to find it. And then, and then one guy last night was in Rob's meeting that was in that little group came oh, into cool. Rob's meeting. So I said, ah, okay, now some of these people are going to get the power of this because if you're someone that moves around and you're busy, this thing, this, this thing is powerful with, with the right kind of information you know, there's a lot of stuff you can do with this. Yeah. So Jason's holding up his phone for the people who, yeah, yeah, see sorry, he's, yeah. uh, uh, it is it, it, and you know, there's a piece of me and I don't think we're saying the same thing here where I believe, uh, the majority of my recovery is probably going to be e sobriety. Yes. Uh, you know, that's what I named my clubhouse meeting, uh, right. e sobriety, because that's yeah. just landed in, uh, because it is, it's just, I, I, I can do so much more in my recovery. I can't do that much on a face-to-face basis. No, no way could I participate in my recovery nope. at the level I'm able to electronically. No, no way. Yeah. And, like, uh, I, I, you know, get, getting to a meeting, like the whole ritual and everything, the preparation just to get to a physical meeting, like, you know, rushing to get there, like all that stuff. Don't get me wrong, but this pandemic has shown us that we can all stay sober using these tools and I think a lot of people will stay stay this way. Like I, I I keep saying to myself that Wednesday meeting that I'm a part of now on Zoom, what's going to happen when that meeting opens up? Are are those guys just all going to go to a meeting and to the meeting the, the you know the clubhouse that they used to meet at, or are they going to stay online? And I'm wondering because it's a great meeting, and I think a lot of people are just going to want to stay online. Yep. Yep. You know. Uh, you know, and then uh, some meetings around here are dual. Right. So there's Zoom and, and somebody has to pick up that ball and run with it. And I've been that guy in a lot of my areas where I have right. picked up this electronic thing. And I'll frankly tell you, I am not looking forward to packing up equipment to go to a meeting. 
so that I can help facilitate it electronically and in person. That just is like, man, I don't, I, I do a lot now. Uh, yeah. I'm not looking to necessarily step forward and, and, and pick that up. No, too. but you can, but that's when you get somebody that is new that wants to have yeah, know, some service. To do. You you know, do. Well, there you go. You do yep, that. <laughs> yep. 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 Great point. Yeah. Um, I also finding that, you know, and I found this out early on and, and we're doing this thing here in Louisville called 12 step spiritual recovery, where we're offering these 12 step tools to everybody. And, you know, and there's, you know, there's mixed feelings about that. I don't have anybody that like, uh, that just is against it. That's not what I mean. But, uh, and I like doing that. And, uh, and, and I like why one of my most recent podcast guests was a girl I sponsored through those 12 steps. She's a married lady. And right. she didn't, she didn't suffer with substances and stuff, but she had some trauma in her past and using the 12 steps helped her work through that. And she changed just like we do, you yeah. know, except for well, it didn't have anything to do with substances. And it's so you know, cool to have this powerful tool under my belt. And what that's led me to also do is like start sponsoring people remotely. Cause the same thing happened. Uh, people weren't comfortable meeting face to face. My time is precious. So I start using these tools to actually sponsor people, you know, where yeah. last night I had a guy come over and we sat out in the wood shop and I took him through Bill's story. And we, it right. was our, it was our first meeting together. He had asked me a week or so ago to take him through the work. And uh, we, made you know talked for a little bit got it going and so i sit and i still like doing that i still like sitting across the table where i'm right there with a guy and i don't think there's any you know i don't know that you can completely replace that power that you have when you're sitting side by side and doing this thing but i can do this uh with uh he just sent me a note because I, I am two days off of nicotine i am oh, wow. not exactly in my best spot at the moment uh the uh, I quit in 2017 for two years and then picked it back up in COVID. Yeah. Um, and I dipped too, so it's a nasty period. And it's also <laughs> high. I mean, you when you do that, you get unbelievable levels of nicotine delivered to your bloodstream. And when you yeah. stop, uh, yeah. people will so, say that that's not doing anything for them. Quit for a couple of days and watch what happens to you. You'll know yeah. it was yeah, doing yeah. something because yeah, I like yeah, had yeah. this buzz and I feel and I didn't sleep last night. And but yeah. uh, it's we call it the suck, and you're just going to have yeah. to go through it if you want oh, to get yeah, the yeah, other yeah, side of not. it. But uh, where I was going was sponsoring people electronically. That I find that I can do that. Now the only thing I haven't done yet is I haven't done a fist step with somebody. Oh, electronically, but right. I see no reason why you and I couldn't sit here just like this. Oh, I did one with my sponsor. I did. did one okay. So you have some experience with it. So, so my sponsor, and it was the first one I've ever done. My sponsee who I sponsored, you know, I've been sponsoring for 20, 28 years or 20. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I started sponsoring when I was four months sober or six months sober. So he just the other day, you know, right after, after, after the holidays, he was like, you know, I think I want to do another fourth and fifth. So we did it, um, you know, on FaceTime or on Zoom and it was fine. Yep. Yep. Uh, I just haven't had that, you know, and I also have this real special thing I do and I've done it every single, every one of the first guys that I actually that went through the work with me was a guy who had been through the work. He was more sober than I was. And I was a year sober and he asked me to take him through this work in the way that we do, you know, this 12, this T we call it TSSR 12 step spiritual recovery. Just all it is, is tribal knowledge, you know, that, that, uh, you know, cause it's not all in that blue book. I don't care what you say. There's more, there's more to the process than what you can get. Step six is a lot bigger than those couple lines that's in there. (laughs) Uh, so uh, 
this guy asked me if I, I have this cabin out in the woods. We got this place out in Orange County, Indiana, where my dad and I, my brother and I built this log cabin in 1999 and, uh, and, and it was built on booze and dope. I mean, I had a beer in my, within reach the whole time of building and all that. And, uh, but I've, the energy's completely shifted there. And this guy asked, he said, can we do our fifth step down at your cabin? And, uh, and we did that. And so now every fifth step I've done to date, which I did one Wednesday night, yeah, tomorrow, make a week ago, I did one Wednesday night. And for some reason, uh, the engineer in me keeps track. That was the 19th fifth step I've done down there at the cabin. And wow. I've never done one anyplace else either. Wow, that's so I cool. take a, I take a guy down there and, or a gal, even I've done it with gals, man. I take it down there. We, we show up after leave about four in the afternoon. I go down there, I build a fire, we cook some food and we eat and then yeah. we do five. And then I go to bed and I give them instructions to do six and seven after I go to bed. Right. And, and then I wake up in the morning with somebody who has transformed and right. I just love the whole the That's whole great. making a big awesome. deal out of it and yeah, yeah. you know and, awesome. and and it's actually you know it's a and it's an event in somebody's life so uh that's where my mental jump hasn't went from like that yeah. event to sitting across the zoom meeting or uh yeah. you know doing i know i know i know what you mean it, it, it's funny because i used to have this thing where i love i would tell people when they were done you know when they were done sharing their fourth step with me and their fifth you know you burn it you know, like just not, not torch that because you're done, you know. Yeah. Um, and obviously you're gonna have to remember some of it for your amends yeah. list, but but I love the idea of just of burning it, you know, like you're yeah, done with you. that now. Yeah, moving. Yeah, we we way. don't because yeah. we have you go back through it and use it when you're doing eight and nine rather than right. trying yeah. to pull that no, from memory. Yeah, no, 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 but I mean it would be it would but the I like reason, the symbolism the re- of it. Well, the reason why I like the burning of it was because once you've once you've once you've you know, you've written it down, you shared it. Um, a lot of it, it's almost like you want to re yeah. It's almost like, okay, now that you've burned that and you've shared it, how much of that is going to show up on that next one? How much of that is that going to really be? I was, I was following you when you were getting, as soon as you started going down that path. I yeah. Started, yeah. Cause that's, is the truth of it is that a lot of it doesn't matter anymore. Right. Cause like, cause, cause I, the, my, my, my own experience is that half the stuff once I verbalize it and I, I bounce it off the sponsor, it's like, or they bounce it off me. It's like, Oh yeah, that doesn't like, that's okay. Like everybody feels like that or everybody's like, was like, that's not even worth like talk, yep. you know? Well, that's so, but, 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 do but, a fifth step, you know, you got all this stuff. You think you, you know, the one, one of the dynamics around it is, is that people come in thinking they have this whole big giant pile of stuff to tell you. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then when they start looking at it, you know, a, it starts being broken record player. You know, I just, yeah. I, this is really one thing I've just done it 50 times. And it's not, and it's not. And most of the time the amend you want to make is to yourself. Yeah. It's not even the other people. It's, it's forgiving you know? yourself. Yeah. So uh, I, I, you know, my, my amend list, when it went, you know, when I got to the point where I had to go and make amends to people there, there were, you know, it wasn't a ton of people because it was a lot of it was because I, I didn't harm that many people. It was more yeah. myself. Like the amend was yeah. more to myself. But, and you didn't go as long. So, uh, right. Exactly. Like know, I didn't have, you know, I didn't have too many, I mean, I had failed relationships, but they were, you know, like I, yeah, I had a couple of, a couple of girlfriends I had to call and say, like, you know, I'm really sorry if I was this way or that, or, yeah. um, and I, but I, but I've been making, you know, it's, it's, I've done, man, I fucking been, that 10th has been so active. In yeah. Right. Yep. And that is, you know, when I sponsor somebody who's 60, 
you know, yeah. they've got a well, lot more life experience there than when I sponsor somebody's 25, you know, exactly. and, and in the same dynamic, uh, and this is, this, this was interesting when it came to, you know, come to light with me is that the people I sponsor through 12 step spiritual recovery, the people who are not substance abusers, their harms list isn't as big either. You know, they haven't, they haven't hurt as many people <laughs> as, as people who were towing around doped up and drunk, uh, yeah. do, yeah. you know, no, their, no, list, their lists just aren't as long. No. And it's funny because, you know, you're saying bringing people through, through the work. Like I, I, I remember them saying, you know, like, you know, this is a recipe for success in any area of your life. And it's true. It really is. And it's like, a, it's almost like I always, I tell people, it's almost like a superpower. Like if you're, mm-hmm. if you've got this in your life, you can do anything. Yep. Like you the world re- is your oyster. Really is. I mean, it re- like you're saying like the key and all that, like it really is the key to success in every area of your life. It's just, if you choose to use it or not, because when I practice these principles and these steps in all my affairs, great things come. Yep. Like, yep. And, and I'm living proof of it. I mean, I have a great life and I've gotten to do some amazing things because I work this program in my life right. and I treat, I treat everyone, you know, on my path, like I would be dealing with somebody in recovery, you know, like, 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 like it's, I, 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 I it's crazy how, when you really incorporate it into your life, you, you just generally have a much happier life. Everybody that I know that has done that are much happier, calmer people, no matter what yeah. shit's thrown at them. Right. Yeah. That's the other thing. You know, uh, the book says that we'll have these certain trials and low spots and, you know, and we all make sure that we tell everybody it's not all, uh, rainbows and unicorn farts, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's life happens still, but I get to walk through these things in a healthy manner today. You know, I don't, you know, what my pattern would be in the past is when something bad was happening, I just made it worse. You know, I just put, I was gasoline on the fire kind of thing, you know, and now what I found and it's, and I listened to other people's stories is that, you know, uh, these people who have these 12 steps under their feet, they're actually the solid rock that's yeah. walking through this stuff where other people are falling apart around it. Yeah. These people who have the 12 steps, these sober people are the ones that people are clinging to for some stability. You know, yeah. they're now the rock where they used to be the, well, you know, the yeah. creator yeah. of disharmony and whatever chaos and disharmony. It's, 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 it's amazing how, you know, we, we're, we're, we're actually really, really strong people. Mm-hmm. You know, the people that can, uh, alcoholics are pretty strong. We've got, you know, got some great characteristics. It's just, they're just, they were just a little misguided before. Yeah. And I think when we can, when we can hyper-focus them and point them where they need to go, we can, we can do great things. And it's true. I mean, there, there's so many really successful sober alcoholics out there yeah. that have, that have gotten really successful in other areas of their life because they were sober. You know? yeah. And we'll get this, we'll get, you know, when we, when we come to the part where we're looking for help, you know, we over and over again, we get this idea in our head that we're terrible people, you know, that, that we're bad, that we're, yeah. you know, and then that's something, you know, that's part of the work as a sponsor to, to get you to understand. Cause underneath of there is actually fantastic people. It's just got oh, all yeah. this pile of shit on top of it. And yeah. uh, we get, that's what this 12 steps is so fantastic about. It's a set of concrete uh, uh, mechanisms, concrete tools that you do this, you do that, you do this, and it takes all that crap off of you. You know, yeah. it, it removes it so that you're no longer burdened by the past. You're no yeah. longer afraid of the future. And uh, I, one of my very favorite things is like I visualize a set of scales, the old, you know, the old 
double-sided yeah. scales yeah, yeah. and people come in here and they that side of the scales is so piled up with problems it's unreal and that's all they want to talk about you know yeah. Yeah. but the lawyer and the ex-wife and the kids and the, and, and the job and the, and you know and they're just telling you about all this stuff and you just got to refocus them back over here on this side of the scale just do this just do this. Yeah. Come on, let's where you at in your first step or, you yeah. know, where, you bring it, you, I know, and, I know. And you do this and this stuff, Matt, you know, we don't have to fix this pile of problems. You know, that's yeah. what we're focused on. How do I fix all this? And the thing is, is you don't have to fix that pile of problems. Really. It fixes itself when you yeah. do this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and nobody, you know, it, it's simple. We just complicate it. And, and, and the other thing is that, you get a lot of people that don't believe that it's that simple. Like, well, there's no way it could be that no simple. Way. There's no way that that unattractive book with the blue cover, you know, that's like $8 to buy at the meeting. Yeah. That's and really it's only this much of it. That's actually the work. <laughs> that's what I tell people. It's only hundred and six. I used to get people that pocket book. That was the little pocket edition. That was 164. Yep. I used to get people that I'm like, this is all you really fucking need. Yep. The rest of it is great, but it's like going to a speaker meeting. Yeah. Like just use this. Yeah. Like that's it. And I'm like, oh, and I, and I remember when I would take the thick book and I would go, it's just this. It's all you got to do. And they're like, oh, okay. Yep. I can do that. And I go, yep. yeah, like, just do that. You know. I actually do a piece in my when I'm working with somebody. When we get to that part where it talks about the bedevilment, you know, having trouble having personal relationships, doesn't seem to be of use to anybody, you know. Yep. And I talk about that, and then I turn to the promises, which is not very many pages down. It's like from page 54 to page 83 or whatever it is. 80, yeah, I think it's 83. Uh, and from 54 to 83, you know, what's that? 39 pages. Yeah. Uh, and the promises are here on 83 and the, these bedevilments on 54. And I say, so you're dealing with all this stuff on 54, right? And they go, yeah. And I said, you want all this stuff on page 83, right? And they say, yeah. yeah. And then I have them feel the pieces of paper in between those two spots. Yeah. And how we do that is we do what's in between these pages right here. Right. It's, it's not good. much at all, man. It's an eighth of an inch of paper. Yeah. But it can make a big difference. It is. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty, cr uh, it, and, um, uh, I'm, I'm holding this thing up. It's the, the this man. You've seen this thing. I don't know if you have. This is, uh, it's have the, uh, so this is the, uh, it's the book they call it the book that started all it's the original working ma manuscript from AA. Uh, I so do it, not have one, but I've, I'm aware of it. And I pull it up yes. on the internet here and there. Yes. Oh, so very cool. It's got all the original manuscript from yep. big book. And, and Rob sent this to me. Oh, very cool. He sent me one of these. We were talking about, it. he's like, have you ever seen this? I'm like, yeah, I've looked, been looking for it. You can get it at, at, through Hazleton and all that. So he mailed it to me. And then the other, look one up. So the other day he goes, have you cracked it open yet? And I'm like, oh, fuck, now I know what he's doing. So I'm going to I'm going to get I'm going to get into that because I've always wanted to get that. And I love the history behind AA. Um, you know, I visited, um, you know, I've been to Akron, Ohio. Um, I've been to uh, I've been to Dorset, Vermont. I've been to Westchester, New York. Like I've been to all cool. these places. Yeah. So, you know, I've been to Founders Day. I've been to Akron on Founders Day. Yeah, I've heard that's really, really cool. We were oh. talking about actually, we were shooting for doing that this year. You know, well, not you last know what? year in 2020. Well, our I'm group telling was you, trying to put together a group to go. And then I, I would love to do that with some people because that I remember doing that in my first year of, of sobriety, getting in the car and driving to Akron for the first time. And, I, and when I used to tour with my band, every time we would play Cleveland, I would ask the guys, do you mind if we? take a half hour drive North and go to Akron. Yeah. 
and they would always be like, sure, we, no problem. And, and I remember people would be like, why are you going to Akron? What's in Akron? The Cleveland yeah. people, you know, like the people at the venue, I'm like, oh, we're just going to the Goodyear Tire Factory. Yeah. <laughs> My but sponsor was, was getting, he had a group of guys that he would take, and I miss this twice now, uh, but they go to the international every year, every five years. Oh, in San Diego. Well, no, it's a different oh, city. Oh, yeah, time. right, right. You're right. Sorry, um, sorry, sorry. And so, uh, and the I got sober in 2015, which was one of those five year marks, and I was right. I was on home incarceration for my entire first year or first nine months of sobriety. I was sentenced to a year. Okay. Uh, wow. And so it was actually a great blessing, man, because sure. whenever you had to people, you know, my man, my sister's getting married and I got to go to this reception. What am I going to do? How am I going to stay sober? You know, all yeah. that stuff got taken off the table for me. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're not going Dan, <laughs> you don't even have to say no, you can't yeah. go. Uh, but I couldn't go to the international that year. And those guys all packed up and talked about it. And then they come home and talked about it. So I had pile and pile of FOMO over it. And then, you know, 2020, I was all excited. We actually had hotel rooms and tickets and the whole shooting match uh, and all had it all ready, you know, and then uh, life on life's turns uh, erased that. But I do love those. I do love that coming into, because it's way more than what we're doing in those little rooms one hour a night, you know, uh, I've, that's what has been carrying my recovery is that I've connected with some guys that are, uh, saying their dear friends is nowhere near close to enough. Uh, the way I liken it is to guys who went to war together, like you know, how exactly. when people come back from combat, the, yeah. the camaraderie they have after going through that together, that's, that's what I say what we yeah. have, you know, and, yeah. and I, and I have this app called Marco Polo. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's video voicemail kind of thing. Okay. And eight of us are on this one and we just share with each other, man. We're in each other's hip pockets all the time. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. on there bitching about this nicotine quitting and how bad I feel, you know, and other guys yeah. have quit. And there's a guy on there that's quit for 552 days, I think today. So he's like yeah. the strong man. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and that place I have down in, out in the country too, every year in May, I do, uh, I have a men's retreat and we go down there and we stay a weekend, you know, and we nice. pile nice. up a bunch of steak and we get, all the junk food we can muster and, uh, and, and pastries and, and just yeah. go down there and go wild, you know, and, and I can guarantee you if somebody stood up on the hill and washed us, they'd think that's gotta be a bunch of people drinking. Yeah. You know, cause we're having a blast, man. I got a yeah. pond out there. We fish, we swim, we, and we all pile in that log cabin and some people bring tents. And so the whole place is covered like a campground, man. And we have, yeah. Uh, I did. I, first one of those I did, I was in my second year of sobriety and I, in a, I don't know how this works. Uh, in May, I'm scheduling my eighth one. Wow. Uh, I did two wow. a year for a couple of, a uh, couple of years. And then I was like, no, nah, that's too much. It's let's yeah. just cut it back to once a year. You know, it's actually more special when it's just once a year too. And, and, but, but you know, and, and that's, you're giving so many, you're giving such a gift to people because they're going to remember that. Like as much it as it's, you know, as much as it's giving you something, it's giving them so many memories and so like I, i'll never forget those trips that i took to akron yeah um, right you know and and the craziness on the road and you know like the the you know i remember a couple of people arguing and and like over silly shit it's it just it's it's created bonds that like the people that i went on those trips with that we have bonds forever yeah. and and it's amazing because you i'll always think back on that so the things you're doing at the cabin like that's People are never going to forget that stuff. Yep. You know, and community, you know, and there's all these little things like a guy had a, a guy ended up dragging his feet, had to move yesterday get, or yeah. Sunday, you know, yeah. and, and you throw out the call, you know, and people show up to help him move, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and otherwise this guy 
that wouldn't have happened if he hadn't been yeah. a member of recovery. He'd have been in there struggling to do it himself. He doesn't have the money to hire somebody. Uh, and just to watch people come together for each other, you know, when you go through, when people go through stuff, uh, you know, people show up, people show up at people's court things over child custody stuff and, you know, and write letters for character references. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. it's just, there's just no end, you know, it's just such a huge, big thing. And when people walk, I always said, and I heard this from one of my favorite speakers when, when I first got here, man, I, I, because of the home incarceration and some other different things, uh, I really latched on to speaker tapes, you know, off the internet. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I just poured that stuff in my, like I used to listen to music a lot and, uh, and, and, and I just turned off all the music cause it was kind of triggering for me. You know, a lot of times yeah. it was, it would make me think of when I listened to this song, most of the time I'm loaded. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I just completely changed my listening habits. I started listening to these speaker tapes and I drew a lot of stuff from it, you know, and I like one guy said, you know, when I first walked in a room, that big window blind with the steps on it, looked like it was looks like it was uh designed to punish me you right. know it looked like some kind of like oh my like a gauntlet i was gonna have to run you know and uh and you know it turned out to be nothing like that you know once yeah. again dan you're wrong uh you know uh, that's another thing i heard on a speaker tape some guy's sponsor had him put on lipstick on his mirror keith you're wrong and so every morning he <laughs> woke up and looked at that was like his thinking is wrong uh and that's another reason why I like to take these steps in the way that we're doing it here is that we're making it a big deal and making it fun. And, you know, and so that is not a painful thing. You know, it's, it's actually people get done with it and they love doing it. You know, yeah, when can I, when can I do it again? And I'm like, well, yeah. let's just wait a little bit because, yeah. uh, and you had said something earlier today too, that this now rang a bell about, uh, not, I, I think you said it about not, uh, it was about coming through the first time and what you get. And then it's a gift the first time. Oh, yeah. And the then, first time you get it, the first time you get it, it's a gift. And every other time you have to work for it. Yeah. And that, it came, I love that man. Cause that's yeah. uh, everything I say, I stole from somebody else. Right. We're well, all, it, we're yeah. all uh, yeah. Yeah. What, we're, we're, there's thing. a P word. Uh, Parrots rising each other. Oh, plagiarizing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that That's all it is. So I love when somebody hands me some line like that. And that's another thing I love about uh, clubhouses. I can almost sit there with a notebook sometimes and like, oh, oh, yeah. I like that saying. Yeah. yeah. I well, like that's, that it. Saying. that's it. Like and, I heard some guy saying, uh, I, I couldn't find anybody to co-sign on my bullshit. And I was right. like, wow, yeah. Yeah. never heard that before. That's amazing. So yeah. yeah you, and that's so, cause that's something I try to get newcomers to understand, man, this magic that you feel right now and this wave and this momentum you have in your life it'll never be the same again. If you go back out, you get this time, man. And this yeah. is your first time yeah. through yeah. and yeah. you can hang on to this and yeah. keep this ride, this wave, you know, uh, on out to the sunset, or you can stumble, man. But when you do understand, you're not going to get this, what you have, what you're feeling right now, no, you're not going to get that again. You can have well, a good life and you can yeah. put it together. And I'm yeah. a result of that, you know, but, uh, and, and don't think that I'm saying it won't continue to work for you, but this high that you get from doing it the first time, yeah. you don't get that one back. Well, and that's why I never want to give it up because yeah. for, for me, I'm, I know I, I was lucky to get it the first time. And, uh, but you know what, man, like at, at the same, the same time, like, I don't know if it's an age thing or if it's just getting older, but you know, if I was to go out tomorrow, and use for a week and come back in, I'd be devastated because I'd lose all that time. But in the grand scheme of things, I still spent 28 and a half years. Not you wouldn't lose that. You know what I mean? You wouldn't um, lose all that recovery. It doesn't, no. there's no and, reset and, button. And it doesn't take you in there and no, erase but, your memory and you got to start no. over. But I hear the horror stories about going out 
with a bed, you know, a, a belly full of alcohol and a head full of AA. And it's yep. like, cause I know the gig is up when you come here. The minute you come into a meeting and you, yep. you, you, you admit that you're an alcoholic, your drinking's ruined forever. It is. You're never, and I don't, and I, I don't believe that I could go out and use the same way and, and, and enjoy it. I, I know that I would be, I would be guilt ridden. The minute I would take that first drink, I would just be, what the fuck did I do? Like I've had yeah. dreams about it. Yeah, every every drink, every bit of it would be that. I, I, and I have personal experience with that because I come yeah. in here at four years and I remember sitting in that four-year period. I got a year of sobriety and then I uh, started drinking again. Yeah. Uh, my wife left me. Uh, she really liked Sober Dan and she was not willing to deal with Drunk Dan again. Yeah. And yeah. so that was over. And I remember sitting with a can in my lap, a can of beer. I drank beer more than anything else and yeah. it wouldn't be open. You know, it's closed. And, I, you know, and, I'm, and I'm sitting here sweating over. I want to drink it, but I know I can't. And I got my, yeah. I've already been indoctrinated in AA, you know, and I know, and I remember just sitting there staring at that can, man, but I did not have the will, man. It was, yeah. it was almost yeah. like close my eyes and disassociate from it, you know, just close my eyes, open the can, pull down yeah. a big drink as fast as I can. And okay. Yeah. You know, and, and until no, no, you know, no nobody saw that. Good nobody day. saw, nobody saw yeah. that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I did, I had a period of playing sober where I was, uh, I was going to AA meetings and I wasn't sober mm. and, and I was trying to make everybody in my life think I was, yeah, uh, a, lot, that's, a that's lot happened be. in that three year period. You know, like I said, it was four years, but it was one year of sobriety and then three years of back out again. And golly, that was, it was just exhausting. I'm sure that's awful. <laughs> it was, it yeah. was, it was exhausting. I, 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 I don't know anyone that's, um, I don't know anyone that's gone back out. That's, I don't know anyone that had, that's had some, some, semblance of sobriety that's gone back out that said you know what man i'm good i love it out here yeah. no not one i don't know i don't know what yeah yeah it's kind I, of a I, joke when people go back out you you know you say well how was it man was it great yeah and i also love you know the guys that'll say oh you know i'm miserable i don't like this like well go try some controlled drinking how the fuck could you tell me that what if i well listen make up your mind like well if you're not happy here because Go, go try some controlled drinking. Well, how could you tell me that you're, you're, you're playing with my life. I'm like, no, I'm just being honest with you, man. Like if you're questioning it, go try some, try some controlled drinking. I don't want to count controlled drinking. Well then do the fucking work. Yeah. You yeah. know, then, then go talk to that guy and give me your number and get out of your fucking self. But I, you know, there's a time and a place for that kind of talk. Yep. And, and it's definitely not in clubhouse. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Uh, I agree not, with that wholeheartedly. Not yet. <laughs> Yeah, it takes a little bit more. Uh, it, it, it takes a little different atmosphere for that to be effective. But, I think. but you know, some people react well to that. Some people get resentments because of that, and there's some people that'll never come back because of that kind of stuff. But I know I needed that. I yeah. needed people to tell me, like, are you are are you done whining? No. Yeah, that's not oh. co-signing your bullshit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, okay, are you are you done? You're done. Okay, good. Can you go pick those chairs up and put the tables away? And then when you're done, sweep the floor, mop. Guarantee you'll feel better after yeah. they walk away. And I'd be like, but they were right. I would yep. feel better after. Yep. Yep. And sometimes, you know, I'll give a guy an assignment that just has nothing to do with anything else. Yeah. Cause he's too wound up on what he's thinking about, you know, and, and tell him to go do something, you know? Uh, yeah. I, I have, a, I have a thing when I sponsor people, that's probably one of the reasons why I've sponsored people over the years, but a lot of them will bail because I say, look, you got, I, I, I give you three strikes. You know, and it's simple. Like th I take this seriously. So if you're going to want to do this with me, you got to take it seriously too. So 
I'm not going to chase you, but if you, if I, you know, if I, if I ask you to be somewhere at a certain time, be there, you know, there's that. Um, and there's, you know, um, if you don't call me, like if we say, you know, we'll set up a time, like I'd like to talk to you, I'd like you to check in every day. And it doesn't have to be called can be a text, but I'd like you to check in with me every day. If that doesn't work, we can do every second day, but I need a conscience. I need a con like a continuous contact with you to make sure you're in. And if you don't like that, like, so I'll give them three chances. And then at one point, if they just kind of fade off, I'm not chasing you. Yeah, like nope. I'm sober. I got this thing. I don't need to fucking chase you. Yeah. You need to chase me. Right. You, yeah. you want, you want what I have. Yeah. And, and it sounds arrogant, but it's, I understand truth. it. I, I tell, my guy's got to call me every day. That's not, yeah. it's non-negotiable. Yeah. I didn't say I'll answer every day either. Uh, you got to call me and I want you to leave me a voicemail with some substance in it. What are you doing today? Yeah. And, uh, and, and it's non-negotiable. And I think it's just some of this stuff is that, you know, there's a baseline thing on here that says, you know, your way is not working. Let's try it some other way, you know, and you've come to me. So we're going to try it my way. You know, if you want it his way, go ask him to sponsor you. Exactly. (laughs) And like, and sometimes when someone will say, you know, like, oh, you know, I'm, uh, uh, I, I just wanted to let you know that I, I, I'm going to be working with somebody else. And I'm like, Oh, it's okay, man. I get it. And then I hang up the phone. I'm like, thank fucking Christ. That yeah. guy was so annoying, but yeah. you never want to say that. But, yeah. but the truth is that I, I've done this and I love, I love helping people in recovery. Yeah. I love it. It's like one of my favorite things to do is to talk sobriety. Yeah, me too. It's, all, of, it's really all I do. You know, I, I, I love that. But at the same time, you know, I got, a, I have a family, I have a career, I have all these other things I got to do. So I'll make the time, but don't waste my time. Like, fuck man, don't waste yeah, my time. Yeah. Cause time's the one commodity that I know I'm not going to get back. Like to me, it's the most, it's, it's the most precious commodity that I have now is time. Cause as you get older, you realize like I'm on the other end of it now. Yep. Like, you know, I had more when I was younger. Now I know I'm getting less and less, you know, considering I yep. live to the traditional 85 or whatever, yep. if I'm lucky you know, I'm on the, I'm on this, like, you know, it's, it's like here. And then you're here at around 40, you're here. And now I'm 50. It's like, it's going that way. And I know it's going that way. So I want to maximize my time and, and, and pass it doing the things that I like to do, you know, and, yep. and it's, it's to help people, but if they're not ready, fuck off. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Sounds harsh, but it's like, man, there's somebody else out there that wants to help. Yep. There's you know? no sense in beating the dead horse that that's no. been around for a long time. And that's, yeah. uh, that's what we're doing. If we're not really serious about doing this, there's, there's no value in it. And, uh, yeah. and, and I just don't spend my time doing it either. And people have gotten to know me as being a no nonsense, you know, and if you're, you're going to do this, I tell you, there's a flip side of this though, that I really love is that when a guy's been through the work with me and he's been around a little while and he's had this uh, awakening happen in his life and he decides he wants to go work with another guy. I love that. Sure. It's like, yeah, man, go for it. You know, they come yeah. a bit like they're going to hurt my feelings or whatever about, yeah. about leaving, you know? And I'm like, no, I yeah. hope that you, I hope that I've given you all I can give you. And you've got to go, you go someplace else and reach for more. Cause that's yeah. what this, this, the book bill says, continue, continue, oh. continue. Yeah. And we've got to continue to enlarge our spiritual life. And by spirit, I mean, yeah. this thing inside me that makes Dan. So I, I love it when somebody moves on. Uh, I feel like that was like a uh, mission accomplished. <laughs> that they're no, no, of course. Going to the next guy. And yeah. Um, and you, and, and I think it's great when someone wants to, to broaden their sober horizons and, and try different things. And yep. cause different people go through the work different ways, man. You'll yeah. pick up some tools from this guy that you didn't get from me. And if you continue yeah. that your toolbox is going to grow and you're going to have this awesome toolbox. And yep. 
Uh, and then the, what are you going to do with that toolbox? You're going to help other dudes to get it. And, you know, yeah. you're going to be handing five or six different people's tools to some one person and they're going to be. Uh, that's it. You know, and it's, and, and it's, it's, a, it, that, that's really, you know, and it's so simple, but you try to explain that to somebody that doesn't want to hear about it. Um, I, I don't know. I, we had this big discussion yesterday in one of the clubhouse groups about how, you know, we're all talking about 12 steps and someone was saying, well, I hope we're not alienating anyone. Oh, you know? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, and I got it and I get it. Cause like, it's teaching me love and tolerance and it's teaching me patience and it's teaching me, you know, cause I want to go in there screaming what worked for me. But, um, but then, you know, as long as I preface it saying, you know, this is what worked for me and I'm not, t- this is, and this is all I know, you know? Um, and if I do that, it works, you know? I didn't check what time it is. It's, uh, yeah, I do. And I was getting ready to say that oh, I've been watching it because I have, I'm on somebody hours. else's podcast. I've been asked to be somebody okay. on, 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 uh, clubhouse has asked me to be on their podcast this morning okay. at 11 o'clock. So, uh, all right. I'll be go, podcasting go. my rear end off today, but I like doing this too, man. Cause it's talking yeah. recovery and there's nothing that fills my cup as fast as jaw jacking about this stuff, man. It is uh, really, okay, really dude. cool, man. I've appreciated everything you shared with us, man. And, uh, yeah, man. Uh, it's just been, you know, it's just continues to be blessings to get to run into cool people like you and draw from your energy and build feeling, feel, feeling, and, feelings mutual. Yeah, man. <laughs> gotta cool, go. Cool. I, I, I got to come to the cabin in Indiana. It'll be yeah, fun. That'll be, I'll, I'll let you, I will let you in on when it's when it happens, man. Uh, that is something I always try to aim at. I always try to get some newcomers there and I always try to get some people that maybe think that they wouldn't be able to come, come. And it just makes the energy just really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, so, uh, I have this thing, uh, I, I say, I have two statements I use when I close this podcast out, uh, people might be getting tired of them, but I don't care because they're fundamental in my recovery. And one of them is if you're not having a blast in your recovery, it's your own damn fault. Mm-hmm. And I just want to thank everybody out there for allowing Jason and I to uh, participate in our recoveries in this manner today. Peace out. They won't.